and welcome to the boys of the Golden Throne. Bo Tigata podcast. So this is a special episode because we have our friendly neighborhood otter back into our arms. Yeah, we're all drinking. We're all drinking the same drinks now. Yeah. Same time zone. We're we're actually drinking coffee together, having a, a wonderful, relaxing Sunday morning. Easy it's like a beautiful sun. morning. <laughs> I, I was thinking a totally different song. I was. Yeah. Easy like Sunday morning. Ooh. Yeah. Easy like, like Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. Yeah, I'm down with it, man. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Why didn't yeah. we have that record last weekend? I don't know. I'll find it and buy it. Then we'll bring it next time. <sighs> Beautiful. So uh, yes. Yes. Back we are... in Canada, in the Great White North. It yeah. feels amazing to be home. It is amazing that you're home. We didn't. We we kind of messed up, listeners. We we were supposed to record <laughs> when we all got together last weekend, but I think we just had too much fun. We had just we, way too much fun, and we did too much. We went. It, we walked so much as well. Like I didn't walk. know. Yes, we did. Because I kept leaving you guys and going somewhere, and then coming back in the morning. Yes, night owl <laughs> Teo. <laughs> Teo after dark. Tao after dark. Yeah, we don't need to go into those stories. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, no, it's it's been uh, it's been good. You know, we we got together last weekend. We got to play some games. You know, games. finally, Tao, you and I had a game together, which was awesome. Yep. You thoroughly thoroughly ground my face into the dirt, which was good. I needed it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was funny because uh, after when Matt was like, "Oh, so you had games this weekend?" and to you and he's just like yeah he played uh, Teo and John he's like what well, fucking sucks <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah Matt Matt saying it like it is but uh yeah no you and I finally got to play a game John and I got to do some Mechanicum on Mechanicum violence and we got John on the show you totally, do oh, yeah totally forgot to do any any announcements oh, yeah. or who's here AJ Teo and John it's the crew back together and uh yeah yeah, we had two games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we we had two games. We had one that was Mechanicum on Mechanicum, which was brutal. Scott, blind, blind for the win. I think on. Uh, I've been on thinking on pl- planning to ex- exploit that to the max for a long time. Yeah. Mostly against Jeremy, but then I unfortunately <laughs> used it against you. Well, you got to practice against someone, right? <laughs> yeah, might as yeah. well be the baby seal of the group. <laughs> baby otter, baby clubbing baby otters. Yes. Oh, so yeah. on. While we're talking about otters, oh, yes. we had a request. <laughs> yes. We had a request from Michael, the work orgy, to ex- thoroughly explain what this whole 30k otter thing is. And so I came home, Teo. I I talked about it with you, and yeah, it was yeah. like, okay, so Michael needs to be you know have this explained so why don't you explain it and then i realized that you actually didn't know i didn't know either. <laughs> the full, the full ramifications either. of the otter I title just, i just believe that aj looks like he would smash clams on his tummy and eat them well i do yeah, it I doesn't thought. everyone right <laughs> yeah and then john didn't know either so i guess if no, i just to... thought you actually resembled an otter physically yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> 
So I guess it falls to me to explain this to our fair viewers. So while, yes, I may, I guess, look like an otter in John's eyes and, you know, <laughs> slam clams against my chest. It, they are the otter, most adorable animal. They are quite cute. Yes, they, they are. Which is why, you know, I don't mind it. But there is another term that the otter or the otter term is thrown around. And it's thrown around in, in the, the gay community. So you know we have we have the bears in the gay community, which are the the large. Tails. Big, yes, you're tail, a bear too, bro. I think hey. I'm. Bo- I think I'm. Bo- I'm a John's not a bear. I'm a gorilla. <laughs> He's a gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like the the bears are the you know the big bigger dudes with lots of facial hair, lots of hair. You know, an otter is like a smaller more compact version of uh of the bear so yes i am the 30k otter and you know i i guess i'll take the i'll i guess i can take that title but now it's like you guys didn't even know and you bestowed it on me yeah so this is the best part yes yeah. that's why i was all shy about it at first and like all blushy you guys probably <laughs> like this <it's> problem <laughs> but i will take running. i will take the title so michael there you go that's the full explanation and now he's he's listening to this being like i let that guy in my house (laughs) (laughs) so yeah going going back to the weekend like yeah you guys came down teo came down on friday Mm -hmm. we had like a good old time sadly i've uh i brought back too much of germany with me in my belly (laughs) so i'm on oh he's pooping it out (laughs) i'm on a poop diet and (laughs) no booze but you know, we did enjoy ourselves uh, with other recreational, like you know, activities, um, yeah. and got some games in Friday, Saturday. We, Teo, you, you had the fear because John and I started talking about, you know, the the shame that oh, we yeah. were that we were thinking of. <laughs> I'm really disappointed. Like we were we were talking all this talk about the ideas John and I, I ha- came up with about what Teo was going to wear. And, you know, we talked a lot about the Chad Kruger T-shirt with, like, a heart around it. But John and I, you know, once we really started thinking about it, we were thinking of, like, a large floral dress yeah. and a big-ass hat. And get like, every- like like uh, Homer Simpson's fucking, like, the Moo Moo. Uh, yeah, but totally. With, like, a giant, like, like sun hat. <laughs> and then we get everyone to c- refer to him as Madam for the entire weekend. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I my like if I was ever a cro- like a, a a drag queen, my name was going to be the debutante, the lady in waiting. <laughs> the debutante. Where did you come up with that? Where do I come up with anything? My beautiful, beautiful mind. Uh, usually, while sitting on the toilet. Yes, yeah. the crown. <laughs> the crown. Uh, <laughs> crown. I'm crowning on the crowning throne. The, the throne. But, you know, after all this talk, Teo is like, all right, I got to get this done. Can I use your airbrush? So John and I played another game, and that one was a wicked. We set out on the back deck. You know, sun was out, sun's out, gun's out. Uh, Teo sitting on a little table and ended up basically doing all your base coats in, like, one three-hour setting. (laughs) I literally airbrushed. So this is – I'll talk about the hobby progress, but I got a lot of airbrushing done really quickly. Well, we we like John and I were talking about this after on our on our romantic bike ride that we went on the other day. Um, 
that like we're both playing the game and we're watching you and john what you were saying like i was like pretty impressed by the amount of stuff you were able to get done but at the same time we were both horribly disappointed in you because we <laughs> wanted you to fail so we could see you as the madam so or the debutante as as the debutante. yeah but the problem yeah. is do you think i would really care no, but that's the, the well, that's that was part the point, of it, right? You'd just ham it up like so hard. It's the thing we kind of we were kind of like, yeah, he's not gonna care anyways. So it's like it'll just be funny. If I had to wear it, I would totally be like, in the game, be like, oh, this southern flower is a wilted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, see, this would be awesome. See. You just show up like that anyway. I man. just show oh, up as a southern no. belle. <laughs> Yeah, is this? Oh my! Like <laughs> my lanta. <laughs> just have like a whole bunch of handkerchiefs that you by mistakely drop or like you know using to be like oh and fainting. I have, yeah. a, have a fan just airing myself off. He's always yeah. talking about having the vapors. <laughs> I've got the vapors. <laughs> got the white. <laughs> Just like yeah. the the goal, I think of that. If you are actually dressed up like that, is to like. Out, like, actually make Julian blush, which I think would be extremely hard. But I'm, if anyone could do it, you in a madam dress. Would, <laughs> Me in a madam dress. All it would take is a is a single girl to make Julian blush. Let's be honest. Oh, shots fired. Game, but <laughs> <laughs> that's not one shot. That's a six shooter. So yeah, after watching you doing all the the hobby stuff, we uh, ended up having like a nice dinner with uh, with our well, Dino came over and Ariel was, was here and Dino, we actually sorry that was my first time meeting Dino other than her seeing me in my boxers on her couch sleeping. <laughs> the the perfect way to be introduced. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you meant, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I had a nice like little adult dinner get together and then once again teo off off to do his nightly nightly chores and then uh and then we got another games day in or my first games day at cdi and it was awesome i i'm i was su super jealous while i was in so germany many people. you know yeah new new faces that i had never seen before in our community like i, I like huge Huge props to Phil for what he's been doing over the last six months and, you know, keeping these little things, these little, you know, once, what are they, once a month, every four once weeks or so? Yeah. yeah, it's such an awesome way to keep our community we'll strong. That space, it's going to be a bummer. We're just going to have to go to your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking about this the other night is like, well, maybe we need to start thinking about trying to find a place to like rent out. You know, well, there's we like I know a like lot a of like club. gaming communities. Yeah, the gaming clubs they have like a like a monthly tithe you almost have to pay, just like a monthly. Fee. Yeah, exactly. And all yeah. that money goes. But also like do EG. We could do EG, but I think everyone yeah. gets a little rowdy. I feel like we should try one there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. We get rowdy, and it would be cool if we could rent a place that we could have some beers, some at. adult beverages. Yeah, because well, no, like I know, so there's like the Chop Club in uh, North Van. So Chop Club, Chop, Chopped. Uh, so what they do is they rent out a half of a legion. Um, they like they're all legion members. Okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so then they become legion members, and then they go. Well, they're sorry, it's a fraternity of the eagle. So essentially, a legion, but not a legion. So they rent yeah. out their like hall area. 
um, every Wednesdays, and then they once a month they do a Sunday, uh, which is like anyone can come. And it's like ten bucks, right. but everyone just pays their monthly fee. So all that money goes into renting the space. Yeah, we could do that. We could end up doing that at the um, at the Legion where we're having the, uh, the Royal Flush. We just can't do any two day events for a while because the the damn uh, flea market is. Yeah booked out every i think it's sunday or something like that yeah so So. like the cool thing about chop as well is they do fundraising stuff like that but uh the money that they do is the monthly fee doesn't all go to the rent it also goes into setting up a bank account for buying new terrain and mat and stuff like that Mm -hmm. all right yeah so that's Um, well things to look into exactly yeah it's uh I'm looking forward to the next year. We've got, you know, our big Royal Flush event coming up. And, um, you know, I think the Kippers is going on. We're not going to organ- be organizing it, kind of taking a step back. Too much going on. Uh, but I think show we up to get drunk. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I'm going to go. Like, I, it would be really nice to get uh, to go to another event and actually play. So, you know, we've got that coming up. I think we're going to get some other one-day events. Um we did talk to Phil. Of, we we need to reach out to Matt. Is something that we need to now do, because we can do the space CDI space until November. Oh. So maybe we can see if Matt wants to come up. Yeah, totally. I'll, I'll, I'll message him. Yeah. So lots of fun stuff. You know, the Heresy Camp coming up. It's. it's I'm excited be... for the CK Studios thing. I'm so and ready to CK. like learn how to airbrush and get oh, my yeah. whole army done really fast. And that's like um that's. You know, a month away, basically six weeks or something. Uh, it's gonna yep. quickly approach and being here. So yeah, it's awesome to be back, and it's great to see you guys again. And John and wow. I are back to our romantic bike rides. You know, once once a week, and and I'm just sitting up here lonely by myself in my underwear. Well, one maybe one day in the near future, you yeah. will be closer to us. <laughs> And then we get to see you with flowers in your hair all the time. Oh, yeah. I am wearing a children's uh, headband that has a flower on it right now, by the way. I, I think it I think it looks good. And I'm shirtless, which is even better. You say that, but, like, we've been over this with the audience. You're <laughs> always shirtless unless we have a guest on. So. It takes on a whole different meaning, though, if you go into, like, a park station. What? <laughs> You just you just trailed off. So speaking of guests, we do have a guest this episode. A very special guest. Very, very special Canadian guest. A Canadian, yes. So hey. we have finally reached out to our fellow Canadian brethren in the 30k community, and we've got JP on um this episode. So we're gonna talk about narrative writing something uh that i think is uh you know jp is the king we wanted to do something an episode about narrative writing for a while so we uh we had to get the best so uh luckily jp is reached out and we uh we got him on the show and hopefully it will be the first of many canadian collaborations moving forward so uh along with uh that interview with jp we've got uh, our typical Hobbit progress, and we'll give an update on the bocce tea, and and then we'll land this pig as usual. So unless you got anything else to uh, you guys to shout out, do you uh, want to 
dive into our hobby progress? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll take a we'll go get away from this and uh, we'll do a little maybe some flugelhorn or some bass or some drums. I don't know, and then we'll come back to the hobby progress. Yeah, I feel the check. I think we need to have some fugal action. Yeah. Okay. And welcome back to the Boys of the Golden Throne. Uh, we are going to talk about our, our, our a lot of hobby progress for all three of us, really. So this yeah, is going to be a meaty, meaty episode, I think. Yes, just because it's the appetizer yeah. doesn't mean I don't think it's going to be very leafy this time. No, no, I it's... think it's going to be uh, it's going to be like a German salad. Oh, did I tell you about German salads? Yeah, they it's are ba- not. They're healthy. like meat. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like a plate of meat with like a sprinkle of greens for just color. <laughs> it's like when Ariel was over and she saw one of those, she was like, "What the fuck is that?" Like <laughs> that's a salad. That's a salad. Like... Yeah. That's no salad. Anyway, yes, we have a meaty middle section. Yeah. Pre, the what whole... is this? It is the lettuce section, but it's going to be meaty lettuce. A meaty lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, oh. hobby progress. So like we talked about before, I end up getting my shame done at AJ's house in like three hours, it which is it, well done. Yeah. So I'll talk a little bit more about that. So um, I have my emperor's children, which have been. Uh, we're a side project because I had to sell everything else to kind of get my life closer into order. But now it's kind of grown and due to some like friendly people and some and one fan who uh, is who is amazing person who just happened to have a bunch of Emperor's children. Uh, Blair Gray. Thank you so much. You've added to the uh, added to the cause, I guess you could say. And so yeah, it's pretty awesome, like yeah, pretty amazing thing for you to receive in the mail, man. Yeah, like, so a... he sent me five Phoenix Terminators, um, a bunch of shoulder pads and some helmets and stuff like that. So like I built them all. So like, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. Oh, nice! Oh, I haven't seen the build. So sexy, and then they're such nice models, man. Like those are that that was like one of the model that made me want to do Emperor's Children. Oh, like, I think it's the oh, model that makes everybody want to do Emperor's Children. Oh, so hot. If only so I could see anything on my fucking screen. Yeah. Oh, John, don't be poopy. Uh, but be... then I had a bunch of extra Mark uh, Mark IV Marines, so I turned those into using the heads and the shoulder pads and some of the chests that he sent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I turned them into a vet squad. But I'm going to do Weapon Masters. <laughs> Just like me. Uh, yeah. So then they're going to be yeah, Weapon Masters. So I did It's uh, six guys. Um, it's a sergeant with a power fist, um, a guy with twin lightning claws, which you don't get to see much, um, and then four guys with power swords and bolters and bolt pistols. Because, Sweet. So I was doing – I was just talking to uh, John before the episode, which is the difference between Palantine Blades and Vets. Well, Palantine Blades are more expensive than this. For one more weapon skill, but I can just take Weapon Master to have the same weapon skill. Mm-hmm. And they're not that much better. And if with these guys, they also have bolters, meaning, say if I'm at a point where I can't charge, I can still rapid fire a bunch of bolters and add to the whole shooting phase as well. Right. 
So I think the unfortunately the vets with power swords are a better bang for your buck than Palantine blades. It's the same problem with every special, you know, Reavers have the same yeah, issue. Yeah. And so, but I'm still going to get some Palantine Blades because they're... Um, and then... <laughs> so I basically go to the army. So currently what is in the army, this is this is literally what I had primed and base go to AJs, which is um, two Land Raiders, a Spartan, two Venators, a Rhino... Three Deimos Pattern Auto Cannon Predators, uh, 20 Tactical Marines, 8 Plasma Marines, uh, 10 Tartaros Terminators, a Librarian. <laughs> and, like, as I was saying in the intro, like, you know, John, as you, you know, you haven't used an airbrush before, or at least to that kind of degree, and you were no, amazed really by haven't. how much you could do in, like, one sitting. Oh, yeah. You were kind of wrecked one. afterwards, though, Teo. Like, you you're was, like, oh, uh, my back. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, so how I'm doing it is um, it's actually a blue. It's black, and then it's a blue base, and then it's transitioning up to, like, the high pink, and then I'm lowering the whole color pigment down using washes and some more airbrush techniques to kind of give it a lot more depth. So I got them to the point that they're all base coated and now I'm going to put some work into like uh, the more of the getting the everything to pop out a bit more. Yeah. Uh, and so how that's... are you planning on doing that? It, like, are you going to do that with brush? Or are you going to do that with the airbrush? Or... So uh, for the vehicles, most of it's going to be done to the airbrush other than very small details. And then the infantry is going to be done with the brush. And are you going to do it with like a white or something to make it pop more? Or so what actually what's going to happen is the Vallejo airline has like all the different yeah. color pigments. So okay. they have this really deep, deep purple one. So I'm going to wash the whole model in this uh, deep purple pigment. Through the airbrush. Through the airbrush. It's, yeah, it's okay, not a pigment, cool. sorry, it's, a, it's a wash, but yeah. So I'm going to wash all of, the, all of the models in that to really take the darkest points really purpley. Yeah, and then it's going to naturally transition to the high pink. Very cool. Um, and then, then just do all the metallics and stuff like that. Uh, and then go back with the airbrush for like really fine detail, mixing the pink with the white for the highest points to just to kind of okay, make it yeah, pop yeah, right at the beginning. Uh, like, um, like my tester predators, how you saw that it went from the yeah. yeah. So that's what eventually they're all going to have that effect on them. Very cool. Um, and then. From there, uh, like I said, I got the new the Phoenix Terminators, the Vets, and I built another character based off. Um, I think it's, it's like a it's a veteran for the modern like 40k Marine stuff, but I heresied him all up. He's almost done. Cool. Uh, and then I got the Contemptor from you, which I'm not going to change. It's just going to be named the AJ, the Otter. The Otter. <laughs> the Otter. The uh, Emperor's Children Otter. But the other thing is that my buddy Terry and my boss, he just ordered me 10 cacophony as well. I don't want to see those on the table. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like in no time at all, I went from having no armies to like, I think it's over 4,000 points now. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, almost. Yeah. Well, even just like on the Sunday after you, you, you got everything done on the Saturday and you were playing, uh, I think you were playing Matt on that far, like that kind of brown desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Matt and just the 
the sea the of army pink. popped so much <laughs> like uh, just looking down at the other tables you know obviously you've got a lot of work still to do but um already they were popping so so much just such a cool color to see on on the tables and you know it's not something that we obviously we've got darren from over in vancouver who plays them as well but we don't have ECs, you know, kicking around no. locally. So and it's a lot of EC awesome. armies are that deep, deep purple, and I kind of wanted to go with like a high contrast. I really, really wanted it to pop, so it's yeah. almost pink. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. It's yeah. definitely, um, it's you know, they're let they're they're getting their freak on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I did make jokes like I thought it'd be super funny to do an Emperor's Children army that like matte dildo pink. <laughs> maybe maybe at the siege of terra kind of pink yeah yeah okay should you should market your own paint name line no. <laughs> um so you did that and then i kind of came up with a conceptual list because i really wanted to redo my white scars eventually so i came mm-hmm. up with a, a a new list that i'm going to try to get done before next year before the end so the end of the end of next year or the end of this year end of this year i'm gonna get um white scars army uh it's not gonna be as bike oriented it's actually gonna be a lot more marines in uh, transport right yeah yeah well that's kind of your cup of tea right is making more infantry heavy lists yeah and i and i always try to make like a typical list like my emperor's children list is not an emperor's children army well, it is. It's just more not... of an Iron Hands army. <laughs> yeah, it's more of an Iron Hands army trying to be. Is it ever children trying to be Iron Hands? Um, Sweet. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So that's. Oh, and what, I got. I still have more happy progress. So I got. I didn't write it in here, but uh, I finished some more commissions and I got some more commissions. I also sold all of my a lot of like old my some of my old models from other games. Okay. Yep. So I sold all that, uh, and then I was. Uh, I don't know if I'm a nice person or a stupid person, but I sold it and then immediately lent it out to somebody who couldn't pay the rent on time. So I don't know if I'm a good person or a stupid person. (laughs) Lent what to someone who couldn't pay the rent on time? The money I got for selling a bunch of my old models. Oh. Yeah. Hopefully you see that money again. (laughs) Hopefully I see that money again. Like, it was all extra money. Like, it wasn't... I wasn't expecting it at all. I, like... Because I've been... Just trying to exercise more, so I went on for like a two and a half hour walk, and then ended up at the like local game store, and these guys were playing a game called Malifaux, um, and I, I used to play that a lot. It's, like, it's still one of my uh, one of my favorite games. And then uh, I they knew that I had stuff, and they asked if I would sell any, and I was like, you know what, sure. So they quickly took me home, and I brought it back, and I gave them a good price, and they all chipped in and bought it. Um, and then. Yeah, so then, yeah, I sold all that, and then that's going to go into not a whole lot of hobby life money, actually. That's going to go into real life money, because I'm just going to dump it into my savings and hopefully have enough more seed money to go to heresy camp. Fingers crossed. Well, with the money from there, and then the the, the, the GoFundMe, which people should please donate, it would be super helpful. <laughs> um, I think I'll be close to the $1,000 mark. Cool, man. Well, it, I know that you got a big donation uh, from our boy Ryan a yeah, little while Kobe. ago. But, uh, yeah, you got to 
Let's, I'm hoping that you can make it. It would be. It's going to be weird to be down there recording without you. So, yeah, so I, 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 I'm going to still do it either either way. Exactly. Boys, so I've but. given myself. So uh, I've I've posted up some stuff, but I'm going to say it again on the podcast, which is I'm giving myself to the end of July. I think that's the latest you can buy the tickets for. Yep, July first is the last July first. So yeah, so, so pretty much just June. So yeah, you got giving, one month, man. I'm giving till my birthday, which is June 25th. Uh, to get all the money I need, and if I have a certain amount of money, um, I think the price is like tickets like five hundred bucks. Yeah, in Cana- Canadian, it's it's basically five hundred bucks. Yeah, so I'm giving myself if, if I have five hundred bucks by by I guess my birthday, June twenty fifth, then I'm going to buy a ticket and commit myself to, for the next two months to save enough money for my flight and stuff. So yeah, the flight's actually pretty cheap. It's cheaper than the 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 ticket as long as you get it far enough out exactly so that's kind of my plan so if i'm going i'm going to be deciding i'm going by my birthday sweet so i have what is it the third today so i have 22 uh, days 22 yes, days until i've decided to go from one recording sweet man yeah. well i i hope it works out me too that'd be super um awesome. so and any updates on the trench table uh yes and no uh the phone board <laughs> okay. that i bought broke so i have to start from scratch again oh no yeah because i don't have a good place to, to store right now and then me and the girls were playing and then we fell on it and so i have to start from scratch again which is but i have the idea and i have the like i didn't do much to it so like i just i just want to i just want to see it in september i know and i will be so. done by september but like i just have to restart it but um i just cleared out a bunch of stuff and so the whole plan now is I'm going to have it permanently set up in my, like, little shed area. Okay. So I can just go back and chip away at it, go back and chip Sweet. away at it. Yeah, yeah. And I hooked you up with a whole bunch of extra bits from vehicles yeah, and stuff yeah. like that that you can add for some, you know, just work it into the trench system oh, and yeah. stuff like that. I can't wait to see it. It's, it's going to look great. So I actually came yep. up with another idea for it, which is, so the table's going to be set up, but when you start the game, there's actually going to be... Um, each each side will have bridge set up bridges that you can put over top of the trenches oh yeah okay cool. so when you start your game each side will get d3 plus or 2d3 or d3 plus three bridges to place cool yeah yeah so you get to place the bridges over the trenches so you can like move your troops and stuff over it sweet yeah yeah so i want to see it it's you gotta get. Good. You gotta start. We I know. Want, and we want progress I'm, pictures. I'm actually kind of happy that it broke because after seeing Kalis's terrain, I was like, I need to up my game. Yeah. Holy crap. He has he done is. some work, man. Yeah. Like, I I think people are gonna have to step their game up to. Uh, I think he's he's in the the running right now. Oh for... yeah. So I think if you, if if you're planning on bringing a citizen soldier table, and you think your stuff is okay, then you gotta restart. <laughs> <laughs> not restart is add some effort i love oh. like all the propaganda posters that he's got all over the bridges and uh it's plastered up on the buildings that he's built and it's definitely i think it, he, he said he's got more to do as well so i think that might it'd probably be a good one to make um one of our centurion tables i think yeah because his tables are really dense it's uh, very dense yeah so but really that's for what we need for centurion so yeah. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to play on it over the the gaming no, weekend. But... Phil and Julian took like four hours on it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was definitely uh, 
definitely it is at a beautiful board. So I, I hope he keeps making terrain. Keep it up, Kayla. He's been having Keep a lot up. of fun with it, so it's, I, I hope he does. Um, yeah. I know Terry, uh, he just saw the pictures, and he went out and bought a bunch more terrain. He's like, I need to get this done. So he's going to have a full 6 by 4 of a densely packed of all of the GW, like, Shadow Armageddon. Wars. Shadow War stuff, yeah. Shadow War stuff and, like, the plasma relays and all that. So he's going to have a dense full table of that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I love that stuff. Yeah. I, I love that we're getting such amazing boards in, in the scene here. It's, uh, it's going to well, be Well, I think that's one of the reasons that people are now coming to the Heresy community because people are putting just as much effort into their terrain than they are to their armies. Yeah. And that's, that's the, and as it's John the says, third army, right? It's the third army on the table. Yeah, it's it's probably the most important thing. Um, and as John says, uh, don't ruin my immersion, bro. <laughs> that was a good moment. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Well, that's a, that's a hefty little progress uh, yeah. update. Do you, do you have anything else? Oh, uh, yeah, so Terry got all of his Sons of Horror stuff in, and so he's building it. I'm helping making a list, and then I think next weekend, not this week, not your weekend, but the weekend after, he's going to bring all of it over, and we're going to airbrush the whole, basically his whole Sons of Horror army. In one go. In one go, but we're going to do something cool, which is uh, Vallejo, I think it's Vallejo, came out with this, like, metallic-y green. Okay. That it looks cool. it, so imagine the Sons of Horus green, a little darker, but metallic. Mm -hmm. Crazy. So we're gonna do his Sons of Horus that. Nice. So it's gonna be a very, very different style looking Sons of Horus army, but it's still gonna look really good. Sweet, man. Mm -hmm. See some pictures of that, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So he's been frantically building. He's got like fifty Marines all with the full chest heads and shoulder pads done. Built. Oh yeah. The way I like it. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Well, should we kick this over to to short shorts? Jonovision. Oh yeah. JJ What's Wiles. going on, John? Yeah. Your hobby uh, life. I've gotten a bunch of shit. Um, I don't really remember what I had done the last time I was on, but I've done like a bunch of Mechanicum. Well, you had like I think you had shit. about four, um, four things left to to paint for your shame. Yeah. So I think I probably had like. Two Myrmidon Secutors left, and a few Thralls, and uh, probably three Thalax. And yeah, I got all those done. They're completely done. Like I've got the weathering and the um, the bases and uh, <clears throat> the transfers done on all all the Mechanicum that's painted. Nice. Um, I'm also currently working on my Ursarax, and I've actually gotten a fair bit of like uh, the ba the base coating process done on them, kind of getting the whites on them and stuff like that, which is cool. The last three of them. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I kind of went crazy and made a bunch of orders. I got, I ordered two Dread Claws. I ordered, uh, I, I made this, like, Dreadnought Drop Pod out of a kit that I bought from, uh, uh, one, of, one of the Instagram guys. Like, I think his name was, like, Jody, Jody something on Instagram. He's one of the 30K guys. Uh, and he does, like, a 3D printed, like, uh, weird card cutout thing for a Dreadnought Drop Pod. Um, okay. Um, conversion, and I somehow managed to build that, which was an interesting thing, and it actually turned out fairly well for what it is, uh, out of a regular drop pod, and, like, so I kind of got distracted, I did that, I base-coded that, and, uh, and then I got distracted by the drag claws, and I started getting base-coding done, I started on one of them, and then, like, yeah, um, 
But other than that, I mean, uh, I got that Sakaran Punisher in, and I just went ham on that thing because I like the model so much, and I basically painted it up in about three days, and it's completely done now, and it looks awesome. I think uh, I think you saw it there on uh, the weekend. Mm-hmm. And you and, did uh, um, that Derradeo. You did like a day. It seemed like. Yeah, so I got the Derradeo in the mail. You're a happy for that Derradeo. Yeah, I'm like, I'm really into dreadnoughts, right? <laughs> so, like, I, I put off buying a Derradeo for fucking ever, and I really like painting dreadnoughts. I really like posing dreadnoughts, and they're, like, one of my favorite things in the, the whole universe, the whole heresy universe. So it's, like, I was pretty excited with the Derradeo. So, yeah, that thing turned out awesome, I think. I put a lot of effort into it. Um it took me probably about like uh, six or eight hours to paint. I had it built, primed like right away. My bases that I ordered for it and the drag claws came in basically the day before I got it, which was awesome. And uh, so yeah, it's like fully magnetized. I'm not completely done it. I'm actually gonna get crazy, and uh, I have some uh, <laughs> spare bits from um, the Land Raider Crusader kit that had like I have like a little radar dish from that, and uh, also. Um, I bought some, uh, carbon fiber, uh, like, um, antenna wire stuff. So I'm going to drill a couple holes in the top of the, uh, alias, like, missile launcher, and I'm going to put some, like, antennas on it so they're kind of tall, so it looks like, you know, so it looks like it's kind of like this, like, has, like, a radar, like, yeah. dish thing, too. So I think that's going to look really awesome when I, when I get around to that. Um, but yeah, you saw it. I like. I was super happy with it. I even did some taping to put like the black black line on the to the tit armor, which I thought looked pretty awesome to sort of make it stand out a little bit. Um, yeah. And then um, other than that, I've mostly just been I've been kind of building some thralls. I'm like I'm like okay, I need to you know my my mind is on Sons of Horus right now and Mechanicum kind of evenly. So I'm like trying to work on my Mechanicum though because I have to get them done for the for the flush. So it's getting little bits here and there done. I, I built six thralls. They're terrible to build. I hate building them, but just <laughs> plugging away slowly, slowly at them. Any model that has no posability and is just like you're putting it together and it's like kind of a pain in the ass. I hate building that model. Poop if a model has like posable legs. Just wait till you well, paint 55 of those thralls, and then you'll really hate them. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably get, like, 40 in the long run, you know? But I'm not painting them quite as intensely as you, so it's, like, I don't think... I'm not that worried about it, because it takes me probably, like... Like, you know, probably takes me about, like, 45 minutes after all to do, so it's not that bad, but... I'm, like, 800 sure. hours a thrall. Yeah, exactly. Like That's the thing. I don't. I don't. I'm. Not, I'm try. I'm. I'm painting them in a practical way where they look pretty, pretty decent on the table, but they're not like so detailed that I feel like my soul has died every time one dies because I've spent like three hours painting it. Like, like it's a little too much for me. Just relying heavily on inks. Um, and then yeah. So and then the big, the big thing obviously is uh, I got a surprise uh, night Perferion. From, Surprise! Uh, yeah, it's pretty who awesome. Was selling it. <laughs> yeah, so I built that up uh, partially. I've got the skeleton of it built, and um, I'm really torn on how I'm going to handle that thing because everyone, you know, Phil came in. He's like, "Oh, you got to pin it. You got to pin it." And I'm like, "Okay, well, it's already glued together, so I'm probably not going to pin it unless it breaks." 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is what it is. And I've got all the panels and stuff left off of it. That's a really long-term thing. It's like, I, if, if I'm honest, that's what I really want to be working on right now. But, like, I'm not doing that until I get an airbrush. And I'm going to paint all my panels individually, and then I'm going to glue it together once that's done. I also have to figure out how the hell I'm going to magnetize this fucking thing, because it's so big that, like, I don't even know how I'm going to magnetize it. Because I actually don't, because I don't have, like, a screwdriver or anything, or, a, sorry, a, a drill or anything, so I don't even know how I'm going to, like, <laughs> how I'm going to, like, get, I firstly, I have to find magnets that are big enough for it, and then I have to, like, find access to a drill that can, like, drill holes big enough for these magnets, too, so. I've just I'm done gonna, it by hand before. Find yeah, a drill bit that fits. That and, big. Oh yeah. The thing is, it's like yeah. For my, okay, uh, yeah. I'll come to your house and you can uh, show me how you do it, and we'll. You can sit on my lap, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll guide you through it. I think I just need to do the you're guns. Gonna, you're gonna ghost them. I, I you the took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. You're just like you'd be like yeah. seen in ghosts and just with uh, yeah. drill bits, and ooh, this sending even more sexual as I say it out loud. Mm. Gonna be awesome though. That thing's gonna be a fuck. Sweet. What, so the, also, the model Eric, or the session, the ghost session? Now the, the model. <laughs> um, Eric uh, also got. He he hooked me up, and I, you know, he was putting in a forge roll order. I thought he'd already made it, and I was like, oh, you, have you already made that order? I wanted to get an extra night head, and he's like, nope, haven't made it. Threw it on. So I ordered uh, one of the uh, night. Uh, what are those night? What are the tall knights called again? The mark of those knights. Uh, oh god, I always mess this up. Um, the Castellan. No, that's yeah, the little... Castellan. Castellan. Yeah, I think I think it might be yeah, something like that. So, yeah, I ordered one of the heads. There, there's one that has like three eyes and has like a sweet like like visor that's like looks like it's like zooming in sort of thing. And I like as much as I like Grumpy Night Face, I wanted my night to look a little more unique. So, and I knew that I know that. And we're back um, due to some technical difficulties. My computer crashed in the middle of our show slash recording. And then my children run away naked screaming because that's what they do on Sunday mornings. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, so they so we're going to get back. Um, John, I think you were just leaving off on talking about the head you got from Forge World for your Porphyrion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got the I got the head for the uh, one of the alternate heads for the uh, the Lancer class knights. And, which uh, which one silly. did you get? Uh, it has the three. It's the one with like it has three eyes on it. And it has one that's all like zoom in, zoomy in eye, and it's all like, whoop, like it looks like it's like got it. Probably has like some sort of noise associated with the zooming inness. Because it looks <laughs> awesome. Whoop noise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I just kind of wanted to look a little more awesome. So I'm like, I'm really excited with that project because I bought the house, the house Malinax uh, transfer sheet, and it's largely intended for the use on nights, obviously, because it's an actual night house. Yep. And um, there's a lot of stuff on it that's very, very. They're very large, and they're very, very clearly intended for very specific uh, spots on the nights, and I have them kind of planned out where to put them, so it's like. It's going to look awesome. It's going to be really cool. Oh, God. And, uh, yeah, again, um, my computer is a piece of crap, apparently, and it crashed again. So 
John, go back to talking about you wanting to airbrush your night and how sexy it's going to be. Yes. So, yeah, anyways, I, I don't remember exactly where I left off, but, uh, yeah, I'm just so I got that head. It's going to look awesome. I'm going to paint the night piecemeal, and I'm just excited to have the airbrush to uh, add to my repertoire of tools and speed along the uh, the painting process and also increase the quality of the painting. Um, I think it's going to be a huge boon for me, and how much I hate base coating right now is about to change. So, <laughs> yeah, should be awesome. Cool, man. Well, I'm stoked for you to get the, on the airbrush, and we can have uh, dual airbrushing parties. And that's the thing. The I'm, at, and... I'm actually looking forward to that because I think that'll be awesome. Like, yeah, <laughs> awesome, man. I'm I'm stoked for it. All right. Well, I guess it's come to my turn here. So, um, unless you have anything more, John, we didn't lose Tao again, did we? No, I'm nope. here. Oh, just okay. he's right here. Shirt off, looking glorious. Took the flower out of his hair, which I'm a little bit disappointed in, but, you know, <laughs> can't have everything we want, right? Um, get much much <laughs> so um, I have also completed my shame. So I got those uh, that other sheet of transfers in the mail and uh, got home and was able to throw those on, though I did, like, break an arm. Going to uh, one of my cast likes arms, going over to the game day at CDI, and it's like just broken in the worst possible spot. It's not not an easy fix. Like at the elbow or something? No, it's like right at the skinny, like it's skinny piston arm. Uh, so like reattaching it is gonna be quite difficult. So I'm gonna have to pin it. To always have to pin it. Yeah, might have to do that. So. But I did get it done, and you know I think the all of it looks so much better now with the um, transfers in place. I'm gonna have to basically transfer up the rest of the army now, so uh, I'm not too sure when I will do that. But um, just as I'm rocking, you know, mostly cybernetica right now, most of the stuff on the table is all the automata. So now that it's all stickered up and it's just a straws. I can, uh, you know, that, that whole army really of 3,000, 3,500 points is totally done. So I'm really stoked about that. Um, basically got home and there is tons of stuff uh, waiting for me. So I got some of those uh, wash pens that I was telling you about. I, I still haven't gotten to try them out, but now I have them in my possession. And we got our bocce tea dice, which all three of us were... Rocking and awesome. rolling over uh, the weekend, and I think they they roll quite well. They you know, do. they 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 fucked my oh god, my Sakaran Punisher did not like those dice. No. <laughs> I shot. I did the math, dude. When I played, when I played, I, I fired a total of 150 shots in my Shaka, my Sakaran. I killed six Marines and a Terminator on Sunday. In total, for all the games. Yep. I killed two <laughs> Marines a turn. I made him roll 17 saves on his Marines the first time I shot it. He lost two. Well, I did, like, before you guys got here, I did, like, pre-roll out uh, every single dice multiple times and averaged it, and then I just gave you all the crappy ones. All the shitty ones, ones, yeah. 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 See, so, I didn't work for I me because mine have been rolling dynamite. I know. Mine have been rolling pretty, pretty, pretty good, but my old dice just, you know, sucked balls, so <laughs> I think any new dice would be better than my last dice. 
Um, so yeah, those are awesome, and we got lots of comments about them at the game day. Lots of people are stoked to get their their grimy little hands on them. So you know, buy your tickets to the Bocce Tea, and you can get some uh, Bocce Tea dice. Um, so I also finished reading Legacies of Betrayal. And now I'm on to Garrow. So um, it was a good... I, I really like those um, those short story compilations. They really, uh, you know... It's it a, a nice break in between the the main story uh, plot point. So I think they that, suit it, too, because it's like they don't feel like... Like, a lot of times, I think the bigger stories just feel like they have a lot of filler. So it's, it's like... Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, like, the, the 140 page um short stories like the uh brotherhood of the storm which was in um the legacies of betrayal that one was awesome with the white scars and taking down orcs and chondax like definitely an awesome storyline and um yeah so on to garrow and that one's good reading that in my tub time really enjoying that (laughs) um i also even that i've basically gotten home and i'm as we're recording this, less than two weeks out to my wedding, so we're in full wedding planning mode. But I have carved out a little bit of time to do start working on the Ultramarine project or Ultramarine. What am I talking about? <laughs> well, they could be Ultramarines, right? It's true. Uh, it's my Alpha Legion project. So all of the stuff was here waiting for me. Um, so I was able to build two of the Terminator squads and I got the other Terminator squad from Teo. I just haven't sat down and built it yet. I've got uh, the two 10-man vet squads built and they've got all their upgrade pads, their shoulder pads and torsos and heads. Um, I also got a 10-man squad of uh, some Volkite support squad going. They're all done. I've got two of my saboteurs converted up and built, as well as my Tribune and Dynat. So everything is like prepped and kind of ready to start spraying. I have held off starting to put base coats on. I think I might. I, I think that's just going to be post wedding. Um, but I will have a little, a couple breather days between the wedding and going back to work, so I might be able to squeeze some in there. Um, I've kind of held off as well because I'm not sure if I want to do if I want to model um, power daggers on some of my sergeants and just trying to why? figure out wh- why would I want to model them? Why wouldn't you want to, man? Well, I just need to find what I I need to. F- Whoa! Oh, phone didn't turn my phone off. Uh, it sorry about that. <laughs> This episode's screwed anyways. I know, it's all over the place. Um, so yeah, basically, I just need to find some bits to to use for the daggers. But, um, you know, stoked on that. I, I've prepped the Dreadnought Drop Pod, though I, I forgot to show you guys the base. I actually don't exactly know how I'm going to glue it all together. And then the big thing that I'm going to have to do is build all these bloody um, Dreadnought Drop Pods. Or not Dreadnought, sorry, the uh, Dreadclaw drop pods i believe and i i i talked to derek from rfi because he um they were talking i i sent a message into the rfi guys being like hey do you have any suggestions in how to transport these damn things and and derek actually magnetized the claws so i did pick up so i talked with him he sent me some pictures of how he did it and i picked up some 
um, magnets. I'm just not too sure if the, they're strong enough. So that's going to be the like out of this whole project. You know, basically everything but the drop pods are built, and that is going to be um, a large task. So that's going to be the next thing, kind of in my wheelhouse, to start busting into those. Um, other than that, when Teo, when you were down here, you and I like took a look at some of my 40k stuff, and I'm starting to price all that out to oh, uh, to sell. Of that, I might have sold your Dark Angels already. What? Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine, he's uh, debating it. I told him what was in it, and I told him to message you or me if he's interested. Oh, sweet, awesome. Well, there's hopefully <laughs> some of it out of my closet, and now just the Eldar and the. I've also Chaos been trying to talk breeds. to this one guy about your Ionid army. Awesome, thank you, Tao. <laughs> you can you can sell anything. So, uh, <laughs> but let me know if you need me to send you pictures. So, sure. um, yeah. So I'll be get, hopefully getting those out. Uh, you know, if I have any still around the flush, I might bring them to the uh, the fair. But uh, I don't think there's going to be many people at the flush that are going to want to buy 40k. So hopefully, can get rid of that stuff. Um, and then other than that, I just have kind of like a little recap of what, you know, I did over the last six months while I was in Germany. So in Germany, I painted 3,067 points worth of Mechanicum. Um, and then I also painted one of those little knights. So pretty good for me in six months. Um, I think I probably could have done more if I hadn't have bought the Switch and just put like God way too many hours into Zelda but uh, yeah definitely pretty good for me and I also read nine heresy books which is definitely pro like maybe double the amount of books I usually read in a year so not too bad and over the course of the six months while I was there we recorded 13 episodes which is now more than we did in Canada before I left so it's uh, which is pretty crazy yeah, it was good. It was, you know, something to help st keep me connected and not, you know, just drift away into German culture and, you know, start buying Lederhosen and <laughs> stuff well, like that. Because we were talking about when we were there is that, like, so me and AJ, we don't text each other really, very rarely. We don't even talk about, we, but we realized it's because we were recording every week. Yeah. So we got to recap on everything every time. Exactly, so, just our little pre our pre show talks and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, it's been it's been good, and hopefully we can keep the same momentum up for the next little while. So I, you know, might might slow down over the next two weeks, but <laughs> or maybe you might not hear from me for two weeks, but oh, maybe from Dale and John. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of it for my hobby progress, and I guess maybe. We should talk about our shame goals for the next yeah, six months. Yeah, now yeah. that we're we've all passed, no one's going to be wearing madam dresses or Chad Kruger t-shirts. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about what we're going to do for the next one. So, who wants to go first? I, I could I could start. Yeah, start it up, bro. Okay. Bruh. So I'm going to be pretty ambitious. Yeah, bring it to the ambition levels. And I what I'm going to try to do is get by the end of this year at least get every single one of these dreadnought drop pods built and the entire th i've got 
the dreadnought, the six dreadclaws, the one dreadnought drop claw or dreadnought drop pod, and then I've got a Leviathan and a Contemptor still to build. So I'm going to have to build all of that stuff, including getting magnets and everything for it, and then get at least the base coat on everything all for the entire 3,600 points that I have. Um, so, that's so that by is January first. That's by January first, which I think is totally reasonable. the the main The main thing is like building the drop pods, which is going to be tough. Um, and then I also want to figure out how I'm going to paint the bases for the Alpha Legion because I've got the bases. I've got some of the bases at least from Dragon Forge in. I don't have them all, but I need to. I still haven't figured out how, you know the color palette that I'm going to use for those so that i need to figure out and then i all this will make john smile another thing that i will get done on the mechanicum front is finish painting the uh ordinatus yeah so i think that will be good for me i'm hoping that i can get it all done or more you know we'll see how far i get with the building and if i i'm i'm hoping that i could do all the base coats in like maybe two sit down sessions oh um and then, you know, we'll see where I'm at. Maybe I might add to it as we, we go. But the other, you know, thing that's a little bit hard to to judge of what this means, but the one of my main goals for the shame is just to use the airbrush. Like, one of my downfalls of going to the last CK Studio class was that it was in the middle of the summer, and I just had a lot of stuff lined up in subsequent weekends, like... Uh, we were p- camping a lot and stuff like that. So I basically didn't use the airbrush for like three or four weeks after the last course. And I don't want to do that again for this one. So um, that's one of my main goals is just like I'm going to I've decided I am going to do black for I keep flipping back and forth, but I'm going to do black for the iron hands and, you know, try to just use the airbrush as much as possible. Like if I do some iron hands for a little bit. Um, great. Whatever it is, just, you know, start getting that muscle memory and stuff like that and just get more confident with using it. Cause, um, it's, it will really help my speed out, I think in, in the long run. So well, those, it was yeah. a good evidence just to me this weekend. How fast Well, exactly, exactly. Right. Like if I can get, if I can bust out, have a couple sessions, like what you had for just my, Iron Hands tanks because I've got like three thousand points I think or something like that just worth of tanks when you add it all up. So if I can you ride that momentum after the class and try to get some of that stuff done as well because I I know you guys really want me to start using the Iron Hands more and I want to as well. But I'm just such a sucker for fully painted. So yeah, I think uh, I think those are some lofty goals and we'll see see how it goes who knows maybe i'll be wearing chad kruger at the end of this <laughs> <laughs> how about you john what's your plan for your shame for january 1st um i don't know i'm pretty simple i'm just i'm just gonna aim to get my mechanicum done currently um i'm not gonna include the porphyrion on that because i don't want to have so much on my plate that i feel like i'm completely overwhelmed but uh i'm gonna try to do that but at least for the shame i'm going to uh just try to get my um well, you're you're trying to get that done for September, potentially so. the flush. Yeah, but that's we'll see how it goes, right? That's that's sort of. See, like, that's that's the point of the shame, bro. You don't. You yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta you gotta 
You got to get a. Well, I'm making a small goal. I'm talking about 1,500 points of Mechanicum to get done. By All January right, 1st, like... so that's 1,500 points of Mechanicum done in six months. Yeah, that's how long it takes me to pay, man. <laughs> but you're gonna have an airbrush soon. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, but it's, I, 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 it's, I'm uh... gonna call you out for being a bitch unless you put that Porphyria. <laughs> Throw the Corfairy on it, Corfairy yeah. on it, man. You could do right. it. You'll have it. You'll have an airbrush for five months. Yeah. Until the until the thing's done, the shape mm-hmm. section is done. You can do it. Throw it in there. Throw it in there. Yeah. yeah. All right, Corfairy on. Yeah. Peer pressure wins, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> He's gonna be so angry. He's just like, I don't want to do it. I told you I didn't want to do this. Now I gotta wear this dress. No, that'd be the Porfirion. I don't think working at honest, the event. I don't, I don't think the Porfirion's gonna be hard for me to do. I don't think so either. No, I really as... don't. I think like it'll be one of those things that I actually want to do, and I'll I'll probably crank through it pretty fast, like the way that I did with the Brass Scorpion. There you go, man. See positive vibes. We're gonna get some positive results. Oh yeah. All right, so Teo, what do you what do you got? Uh, well, so before, so I want to do before September. My whole Emperor's okay. Children 100% done. All right. Um, I think that's within my power to get that done. Um, power. My power. And for by January 1st, I want at least 2,000 points of white scars built and painted. Okay. That's my for goal. Completely yeah. painted. Completely painted. Well, so that, cause like, All right. So that gives me three months to finish my Emperor's Children. Yeah. And it gives me another three months to get 2,000 points of my white scars. And I've already laid out how I'm going to do the base coding for the white scars. So mm-hmm. like, I'm not having to develop a whole new system for it. Right. It's just going to, are you going to, are you going to throw the, the trench board into the shame? Because that would, that would be, you know, if you don't, if you don't get it done, then you might have to wear a dress at the, I'm not, well, that's the thing. So the trench board <laughs> is part of the shame as well as, Oh, it is. Okay. It's going to be part of the shame as well as I want to finish the terrain that I already have for my city table. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So lofty. Is it really lofty for me, though? No. Well, you're just like a machine, so it's kind of different. Than, yeah, um, to me, that would be a very lofty goal. Yeah. Um, and because, like, this this summer, I don't have anything extremely planned other than just the, the CK Studios class, which I'm going to be getting stuff done anyways. Yeah. Um, and just and, looking good and, you know. Uh, yeah. And then, <laughs> like, uh, so there's not a whole lot I have taking me away, especially during the week, because uh, with the schedule of changes with my ex-wife, um, I have more open time during the week now. Yeah. So I have, like, three, four nights a week that I can just paint if I want by myself. Right. I just have, like, yoga class and things like that, but that's only, like, an hour. So, and then you can come home and crush. Exactly. Crush. Uh, so I'm going to finish all <laughs> that. Uh, so I think I think that's doable. All right, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I I've tracked what this all means and john like you're basically you just have a list right that you're working towards for the the flush for your mechanicum so maybe you can send me that list so i can lock it in and make sure you get it all done and then uh yeah we'll see we'll see who's a winner and who's a loser i think for our first shame that we all completed it that's uh that's good that no one's starting off in the the box of shame. So we'll see if we can all stay out of the box of shame, uh, moving moving into this next 
Shame chapter. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> Heresy shame. Yeah. Um, cool. So does anyone have anything else to throw into the hobby progress? Or should we dive into our our interview with Mr. JP? Well, uh, I'm going to throw this in here right now. Just to throw right. on the gauntlet for us and Matt. Matt's down. It's going to be sometime in August. And we just need to figure out if it's going to be a one or two day painting class. Oh boy! Uh, breaking breaking news! Breaking news! Literally just talking to Mr. DPH right now, uh, and he's he's stoked. He wants to come up. He loves us. He's gonna do a two day painting class, guys. It's gonna be like two hundred US though for the two day yeah. course, but he's gonna go over a lot of stuff. So Sweet. Like, well, we can we can talk about it offline of whether whether we can get things for two days or not, and we can yeah. we'll get. We'll get back to the listeners with more info once yeah, we finalized everything. I oh, I'm stoked! Yeah, down. two two hobby session or two mad like painting classes in two months. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, uh, top notch stuff. Like I don't know if any of you guys have looked up Mr. DiPietro's painting. Don't oh. do it. Just don't do it. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. But <laughs> it's also I'm just honest, like I just see that I'm just like so overwhelmed. I'm like eh. It's like, yeah, uh, exactly. It's just, it's just like okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna learn anything from this. It's way far. It's way well, above no, he's my. Not my like... that stuff, but like, cause that stuff has like talking to him. Like he uses like traditional like oil based like like painting painting techniques and how he paints his models. So like as I've said to him before, that looking at his some of his pieces is like looking at a piece of art and not looking at a yeah. not just looking at a well painted model. Well, we will see what this this course shapes up to be, and stay tuned for more info. Ooh, okay. Ooh. So we will. Back. Cool. Let's go and chat with Mister JP. Let's crack open a black label and just dive right in. <laughs> Welcome to the main part of our show. So, AJ, you have a super, super special Canadian guest to introduce, don't you? We do have a super special Canadian guest. And I'd love it when you get musical at the beginning of the segment. <laughs> um, yes, so as, uh, as we discussed in the intro, we are going to be talking about narrative writing and whether it's for a campaign or for an event. And I thought, who better to have on than the one and only JP from the Age of Darkness podcast. So, JP, why don't you say hi to all the listeners? hey Thank you so much for uh, having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, hey, no problem. Just, just, uh, just a quick distinction. Super special Canadian guest. Also, super special Quebecois guest. Um... This is true, yes. Yeah. It's, it's important to make the distinction. Um, no, I'm just joking. Uh, how you guys doing? <laughs> doing awesome, man. Uh, we're definitely doing awesome. I'm, I'm, you know, it's been, too, it's been a while coming. I've, I've wanted to bring our two podcasts together as, uh, as the 30K 
podcast of Canada. So, uh, yes, yeah, I'm glad that uh, you were able to join us for this one. Absolutely. We are truly the real Northern Heresy. Why not troll, troll the Swedes as well? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm super honored to, 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 to be on the show. You guys are doing a fantastic job. And, and um, uh, there's, I, I only know one thing. I don't know how the rules work. I'm appreciated painting, but my my forte is is the narrative part. So um, I, I'm really glad that uh, that you guys uh, reached out to me. Yes, your narrative game is quite strong. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, the the where I'm at right now is you know we've been um, as we were talking you know before the show started um, you know we've started to run events or have been running events for about a year and a half on the west coast and. Um, it was really awesome for last year when the global heresy was going on. And it made my life really easy because I didn't really have to do anything for narrative writing because there was already a narrative set up for each month. Where this year, that's not going on. So <laughs> I've had to uh, actually start writing my own narratives. And um, currently, we're run writing a narrative for um, the Boys of the Golden Throne 53rd Annual Royal Flesh event. So I thought, uh, hey, while I'm doing this, why don't we talk about it on the show and we can, I can kind of talk about, you know, how I approach it and we can also have someone else on to talk about uh, narrative writing. And I thought, who better than you? So, um, yeah, uh, basically, you know, for me, it all kind of starts with the name of the event, which for this event has been difficult because I need to somehow write an event based around royal flush and like <laughs> the flushing of a toilet, basically, which has been hard to tie that into, you know, the dark age of uh, the horse heresy. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe you could start off of telling us a little bit about like where you start when you start writing narratives. Well, it's not going to surprise anybody that mainly I I, I start looking at history, obviously, um, um, as a historian. Um, it, it, it is difficult to get started. That's the, the, the hardest thing is to actually get started, to get like initial idea. Um, hmm. Honestly, once you get that initial idea, usually things flow pretty well. Um, but the, the, the first thing you need to do, um, even before starting to look at something specific, uh, is just try to figure out what you're trying to do. What is um, is it, 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 like what's the theme of of uh, of your campaign or your game or, or, or some of that? I mean, if you start with okay, we're gonna do like a city fight. You know, we we want to do a war for a city. Well, already that's gonna start narrowing down your options, narrowing down your 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 possibilities. Um, if you decide that you're gonna do, uh, I want to do trench warfare. Uh, I'm um. Uh, I, I'm I'm a huge um, uh, uh, um, I, I'm really fascinated. I don't want to say I'm a huge fan of the Great War because uh, that sounds <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, but I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm fascinated by the Great War um, as far as military uh, history is concerned. Um, I wouldn't consult. I'm not a military historian. I'm I'm a labor historian. Um, but as far as, as as military stuff, I'm really fascinated by the Great War. Um, so like, if I want to do trench warfare, well, that's going to um, narrow my options a little bit. Like. Well, where am I going to look at? I'm not going to look at uh, World War II as much. I'm going to look at the Great War and start thinking about things like Verdun or uh, things like uh, uh, or, or the uh, the Somme, um, uh, Ypres, uh, stuff like that. You know, it's it's going to narrow my my um, 
it's going to narrow the options a little bit. If you decide you're going to do a city fight, well, you you know, start looking at, well, everybody's going to start looking at Stalingrad. Uh, which right. is the yeah, easiest thing to do, but there, there's others. Um, you can look at Artona. Artona would be a fascinating... Uh, you guys know about the Battle of Artona? Actually, I don't. Educate us. Uh, but, oh, the Battle of Artona was in... Yeah, it's in World War II. Is, it, 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 Artona's a city in Italy. This, it was uh, liberated by Canadian troops. Canadian troops were fighting um, again against um, an incredibly elite uh, core of... Or, or I think it was a division of, of the, uh, the Fallschirmjäger... Uh, Falschmeager are German paratroops. Uh, by 1944, there's no paratrooping going on. I mean, these are the guys that that, that took um, uh, was it uh, the, the Crete uh, um, yeah. in, in like one of the, the great paradrops of history. But like by 1944, they're they're fighting on the ground. But they're elite troops, and and they used every every single trick in the book to defend Ortona against Canadian troops. Like for example, like I, I would in, in one particularly uh, 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 um, brutal example, um, they had actually. Uh, uh, the Canadians were fighting. Uh, a Canadian platoon uh, took a building, like after hours and hours of fighting, uh, and the Germans just withdrew, which was weird. They should have saw that. They should have smelled a rat. But anyways, uh, but the the, the the Germans had actually like uh, put a, a tons and tons of explosives on the bottom floor and, and demolished the building, killing the whole platoon. Um, there's there, there, that would be a great example. For example, if you're looking for a city fight, the, the first thing you need to do is is again um, is what do you want to do? What do you want this narrative to be? And then start looking yeah. for examples that might inspire you. Um, start stealing. Start stealing from history. There's there's thousands thousands of battles that you can choose from. So that that's where I would start. Right, and and you make a good point of like what do you have if you're running a tournament and you say you know I, I've got an idea to do this you know snow planet and all the battles are taking part on the snow planet and then you show up to the event and you have all you know grass field mats well that doesn't really <laughs> help your narrative out so I, yeah that's a definitely a good point of you know taking stock of, of if you're whether it's at home what do you actually have to play with and then building from there uh personally i i'm very much like you history is something i i dive into um but i think the the main thing for me that i've started to do any of my campaigns or and mostly my gaming in the house um has been based on either the black books or the horse hair horse heresy novel series obviously there's endless topics or you know depictions of battles that you can exactly like steal from you know hey i really like this idea of this you know battle between yeah i, I don't know tail help me out uh iron hands and and uh and the phoenician or you know something like that and you take it and you you make a twist and you you kind of warp it and make it your own uh but definitely use it as building blocks well, that kind of ties into when we did our um, episode about how you build a um, ar an army, which is like how I would find like a specific battle or a specific like platoon or whatever, and then build the army around that. It has the same basic concepts of doing a narrative campaign. You find something and you adapt it and change it to something a little bit more personable to what you're doing. Is just I'm getting from it, and so absolutely. There, there, there's such great examples, and, and and you mentioned the black books. The black books are fantastic for 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 getting inspired, and they're they're kind of designed to be that. Um, there's yes. a lot of throwaways, right, in the black books, like uh, oh, uh, uh, um, 
this 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 battle was also taking place and and they don't go into detail well that's sort of forgeable telling it's like okay this is something that you can do um don't forget that this universe um 30k 40k uh it's a sandbox it was always designed to be a sandbox it is not a story um both in the heresy and 40k you're starting to drift from that uh, as they're establishing more coherent narrative but it was never these the goal was never to have a coherent narrative in 40k it was a setting it's not a story it's a setting um it's supposed to be a sandbox where you can do any, anything you want you, you it's supposed to be um 40k is supposed to give you the tools to tell your own story so you have to sort of like grab onto those little like nuggets that they throw at you sometimes that, that's why they're doing it yeah Absolutely. well it's, that comes basis remember I don't think it was like the first or second edition of the Space Marine Codex. They literally just had, or the Chaos, they had a little blurb about the Horus Heresy. It was just like a little like little paragraph about, about how everything kind of happened and just how they kind of developed from there. So like people started making their own like whole world behind just a blurb in a freaking book. Absolutely. Um, uh, the, the, the heresy comes from the, the first mention of the heresy comes from uh, the book of the, uh, the Astro, uh, Astronomican uh, came out in 1988 um, it, it is uh, um, sort of like a compendium of, of you know uh, it, it's an expansion of, of, of Rogue Trader and there's this little block of text you know those wonderful blocks of text that you have um, that again this is another great place to steal from is those little blocks of text um, and, and uh, what, it, what it said was something uh, to the effect that uh, the greatest crisis that ever happened in the Young Imperium was when um, uh, the War Master Horus, who, by the way, was not a space marine back then. Uh, he yeah. was not an, a Primarch. Primarch didn't exist. He, um, he was just a, a general. The great, uh, the great general Horus uh, led a, um, a rebellion against the Emperor and with one-third of the hosts of the Imperium uh, um, attacked uh, Terra, and then uh, the Emperor cast him into the Eye of Terror by his talon. That's it. Everything goes with that. Look at us now. And look at look at yeah, look exactly. At us now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but don't you, look you, at our you, bank accounts, though. <laughs> oh yeah, dear God. Um, <laughs> but 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 imagine that, that no one needed to gravitate to that. Um, look at those blocks of text. That's that it's it's a great. Uh, 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 not all of those are going to be developed. Um, I remember one of one of my friends uh, was really fascinated by this one quote from 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 uh, 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 Cargos. Uh, you know, you know, uh, Cargo's the the, the blitz splitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, from from Betrayer. Well, it come, uh, his name, um, Aronofsky Bowden developed him. He didn't actually uh, really exist as a character. He was just a block of text. And I remember uh, I had a friend who, who developed his own world eater, uh, Captain. Uh, you know, based on Cargo's blitz splitter because no one had done anything with him. ADB eventually did do something with him, but um, most of those blocks of text that you find in those books, um, you know, early white dwarfs and and and. Mm-hmm. Really, work trader stuff. A lot of st- that stuff didn't get developed and probably won't be developed. So, steal from that's another great place to steal from. Yeah, definitely. Uh, book four for me has been, in from the campaign perspective, has been super inspiring. Like that, I think out of all, if you want to throw the sandbox label onto any of those black books, uh, book four is just endless with possibilities of, you know, making up. Custom planets, you special rules for planets, um, multiple different campaign formats. Um, definitely extremely inspiring. Um, so if people are looking in into starting a, a campaign, I highly suggest going out and buying book four. Everyone should buy book four, but you know, definitely if you're trying to run a campaign. Oh yeah, um, yeah. 
Book so, four is absolutely fantastic. Uh, you, you're, you're totally right. Um, and the Conquest campaign system um, is probably one of the... Games Workshop has always tried to push campaign systems. They've done uh, numerous amounts. Uh, the, 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 the most famous one is Planet, um, uh, Planetary Empires. It's the most famous yes. of all their... Uh, but we've all tried a Planetary Empires campaign. We know it doesn't get past the first week. Um, but the, <laughs> Conque- the Conquest campaign system is, is, is so much more subtle and so much so well done um, that, that, that it's really worth trying out. And again, the, uh, the great thing about the, uh, the, uh, the Conquest campaign system is that uh, um, they're telling you right up, don't use, it, don't use all of this. this. This is just a bunch of tools. Pick the ones mm. that you like yeah. and roll with that. Um, it's, it's not... It's made to be cribbed from. It's made to be sort of uh, a, a system where you, you pick the, the bits that you like and you ignore the ones that you don't. Um, that's what's wonderful. Um, I, I didn't interrupt you. I apologize. Uh, no, so uh, I, I do agree with everything you, you said there. Um, and I think with uh, really for anyone that hasn't tried a campaign, I really think you should. Uh, for me, the long I don't think I did an actual campaign. I've been in the game since second edition and it wasn't until maybe three years ago uh with our buddy uh maddie virgin uh that we actually did a campaign and you know it was super simple made up a basic narrative we knew that we were going to be doing city fights and so i made up something extremely brief um you know maybe like a paragraph to a page long just describing the place that we were playing in and um you know, suddenly the games, at least for me, suddenly the ga- games mean so much more than if you're just doing one-off games. Because one-off yeah. games, especially if you're playing, especially if you're playing with the same person, if you're a, a garage-type gamer and you're only playing with your same couple buddies every time, you know, same armies, it can get really old. You, you inject this aspect into it, the storytelling aspect of it, uh, where each battle means something, and then can change the out you know change what happens in the next round is you know suddenly opens this whole new world up um to your your gaming so what i was going to say is that you know okay so we we've now got ourselves an idea we say we're doing a, a city fight let's say we know that's our our campaign so We've got some ideas. We've come up with some names of, hey, this is the system. This might be the planet. This is the city that we're working working with. This is who, you know, own the city. We've got all this basic stuff in, in our heads. Uh, then it comes to potentially putting it down on paper. And really, if again, if you're just playing with your buddies, you might not need to put it onto paper because you just, you know, in your general bullshitting that you're having before the game starts, you can spit it out. But if you do need to write it down, say, for an event, um, for me, I think that that can range. I'm not the best writer in the world. <laughs> I will say that right up front. Uh, and th- this part of it is being very intimidating to me is I, I can come up with a bunch of ideas, but then, you know, I, I'm not I'm not a, a writer by any means. So I can... I can do some pretty good show notes and bullet points quite well, but actually putting together a story is a little bit more difficult. But I think, you know, you don't necessarily need to go to that extreme. You could just put a very quick brief, almost like a brief that an intelligence officer would put together, you know, not quite point form, but very short and sweet. 
But then you could also, you know, go to what I would call the JP level <laughs> and do, you know, a very long, almost in-depth story that through that story builds your setting uh, that you're playing in and, you know, maybe even put it into an audio format with some nice music in the background. So, like, JP, maybe you can tell us a little bit about, you know, some of that that you've done. And I know you've done a lot of uh, audio recordings for different podcasts and, you know, how you've gone about coming up with those ideas or figuring out how you actually want to thus tell the, you know, the story in which you've built this campaign in your head. Um, it's, first of all, um, it, it's important to note that, um, uh, uh, when, when I'm building storyline, uh, or, or myself and, and, and my co-host Mark, uh, uh, we've been, we've been playing this game since the, since the nineties. Uh, we've, we've already have a lot of, um, background that was just naturally developed over time. Like, um. Okay. Uh, so, so that, that that's sort of an advantage that 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 we have, you know. Um, we can we can call back to games that we played in the late '90s because we we've been sort of playing and that we we developed the sector when we were teenagers uh, back in the late '90s. We sort of developed um, uh, uh, some some of this backstory for 40k, so we can play around with that. So that's an advantage we have. Um, the the most important thing though is a lot of a lot of stuff develops naturally. Um, don't write yourself into a box. Don't think that you have to have a coherent top-to-bottom storyline um, that, that is, is absolutely airtight. Um, she just uh, often um, uh, come, comes across naturally, like while you're playing the game, something interesting happens, and it's like, you know why that happened? Um, the, 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 this, the, um, I, ro I rolled by one, but you have to understand that he was actually carrying uh, 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 papers and... and, and uh, and, and, and things sort of like y you can start throwing stuff out there. You have to imagine this more. You have to almost like approach it more like a role playing game than you would approach it as uh, as a strategic war game. Um, uh, the, the great thing about war, uh, role playing games, I don't really play them anymore. Um, uh, 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 but the great thing about role playing games is always that it, it's communal storytelling. Everybody just gets together and, and contributes to developing a storyline. So it, 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 you have to avoid the trap of thinking that you have that you have to start off with with a a, a twenty page uh, a backstory written like a historical narrative and and and, and go from there. Um, start small and, and things will start to develop. Don't write yourself into a uh, into a uh, into a box. Um, one of the things that that we talked about, uh, for example, um, uh, the. Um, my co-host and I are, 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 are running this, this long narrative um, uh, uh, campaign um, for this agri-world called Hello Furion. And, um, and it's uh, amazing. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. I didn't think it was going to work, but it did uh, for some reason. It's like, let's do an audio battle report with a lot, a lot of narrative. It's like, no one's going to want to listen to that. Mark was right, though. Mark told me it's like people would want to listen to it, and he was right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, thank you, Mark, uh, for changing your mind. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That actually brings up a quick question that I kind of wanted to ask. So I think it would be really cool because we are all podcasters. We all have fabulous yes. voices. And I think it would be a really cool idea <laughs> to, before every round, have someone announce it and, like, do essentially a narrate, an actual proper narration before each round to get everyone kind of pumped. So when you were talking about having your audio battle report with all the narrative in it, how would you go about, I guess, writing and or... Uh, 
figuring out how you would write a public speaking part of a narrative campaign? Um, I, I do everything after. Um, like all, all the narrative, uh, I, I usually write and record that after we play the battle because okay. it'll affect a, a sort of uh, how, how you go about it. Um, uh, an, an example, it, okay, uh, sometimes you have a character that doesn't do anything. Well, I was going to put a lot of emphasis on this, but he died in the first round because I rolled a one on my, uh, on my cover save or something like that. Well, he's not going <laughs> to... Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to put a lot of emphasis on, on, on that because, uh, you know, it'll wind up being boring. Um, I, I think the key is to um, look at what's going on and, and, and play to what's happening on the table. Um, something really cool happens. So put emphasis on that. Like, for example... Uh, um, this lowly guardsman takes down a, uh, or sorry, militiaman, um, <laughs> takes down a, 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 a praetor. Well, that's something really epic that everybody like pays attention to. So like throw, throw that in there, you know? It's like it turns out that this, this, he's being lauded as a hero in the propaganda or something like that, you know? Um, a, a, a play to what's going on. If, if you were to do something like every round, um, I would have a, a, a very vague idea of where the story's going. Um, and leave yourself open to throw in some 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 details for what actually happened. That's that's one of the fun things about narrative campaigning, um, is that uh, you can you get invested in it uh, based on what's already happened. I mean, uh, great heroes will rise. Uh, heroes that you thought were going to be great keep failing their 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 two plus invulnerables or some shit like that. You know, um, <laughs> it's. It, it's 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 going it's going to to evolve and you have to let yourself space to evolve and and if you want to do something like a a public announcement before uh, every round I mean um, y y I think you have to have preparation you have to have an idea of of how the story is going to evolve but you have to leave yourself open to throwing out some details um, and and getting people um, in, in involved in in the narrative that everybody's building. Because um, again, this is why I talked about uh, you have to approach it like a role playing game. Everybody's contributing to uh, creating a, a communal storyline, um, and that's what's fun about narrative. Uh, it just actually gives me a really cool idea. I don't know if we ever want to incorporate it into one of our events, but uh, say if we do a, have a narrative after every after everyone's done their game, just ask each players, the combination of players, any like key points that happen in the game, and the announcement for the next one would be like. Uh, a Vox casting a report back to like uh, to the HQ, and it's just like a quick rundown and be like blah 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 blah. Captain of the first company uh, has been slain at blah 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 blah, and it's like adding that kind of narrative. So each each table and each player feels as if they're contributing to the uh -oh. overall narrative. But you know what? Instead of doing a, you know what would be great about that? Uh, instead of of actually. Well, you can give out the mission, and everything, but like explain the mission as as HQ, like HQ orders you to uh, seize uh, uh, seize uh, uh, um, uh, 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 readout uh, Theta three five or something like that, you know, and 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 um, uh, and, and and base your 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 the mission on that. Yeah, I think. That'd yeah, be you really could almost idea. name you could name almost the tables as well, you know, battle for like Theta. Th 3-5, like you just said, or, or, you know, and incorporate some of that as well. Usually what I've done in our past events is, like you said, you know, have an, I have a rough idea of where the story is going to go. So for the global heresy, you know, I, we had the, the brief, the briefing that everyone wrote each month, and I would kind of take that and I'd be like, okay, so what's going to happen? All of our events are traitor versus loyalist. So 
what's going to happen over the course of the two days if the loyalists are winning at the end of day one or the traders are winning at day one. And then, as you said, keep it really loose and then incorporate, you know, so if, if let's say, hey, the, the, the idea is that the traders are making planet fall and it's up to the loyalists to defend the planet. Uh, so then at the end of round one, and I find out, okay, well, the, the traders have actually stopped most of the loyalists in round one. So, you know, you work that into the, into your little announcement of like, all right, you know, the traders have descended from orbit and, uh, they have, uh, taken the loyalists have taken untold damage, untold losses. Um, and now they're trying to, they're sending in reinforcements to secure the line and back up, you know, the what's remaining of the loyalist forces, you know, keeping it really brief because that's, you know, the one thing when you're doing this from in an event style as the, the event organizer, you know, you don't want to, you can't just be sitting there constantly writing the narrative, you know, to, it, it's going too quickly for you to spend a lot of time in it. So JP, like you said, just having a brief idea, okay, this is where I want it to go. And then, you know, I think what you're saying and what I haven't done is it kind of incorporates some of those key moments. I think going around and talking to people, getting some feedback of some major moments, like if we were doing something for Adepticon, you know, it'd be like, you know, JP's militiamen fixed bayonets every single time they, they could and charged into the enemy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but just incorporating some that, of that. That did, in fact, happen. That did, in fact, I, happen. I've heard it happen many, many a times. <laughs> and everyone heard it. <laughs> Wish I was there to witness it. Um, yeah, so I think just incorporating, I think that would be a good thing, Teo, for us to incorporate. Maybe I can get, uh, you know, yours and John's help of, like, okay, scribbling down a couple things and then feed that to to me or, or even one of you guys could start doing the announcements because I, I think that if we if you start to incorporate other people that are playing into these little announcements it makes them feel more more involved for sure oh yeah and I think that's one of, one of the things that almost our narrative has been lacking which is people feeling that they're more involved in the narrative overall not just that their games count so like uh, we've already been having we, we had had issues where people were like focusing too much on just winning their games compared to adding to the story. Yeah. And I, obviously having more of a narrative and focusing more narrative will hopefully help, help that of just like, Hey, um, it's more about the development of the, the story than it is about winning games. Everyone still wants to win their games, but trying to build something more behind it than it's just like, I won. Give me a pat on the back, kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. So, like, um, almost a, as well as you can maybe add like a concept in. So we could have like a an announcement for the narrative and or the for the loyalist and uh, trader generals, and then so you can get like extra dog tags or an extra prize, being like headhunt out for blah blah blah, captain of the for slaying blah blah blah. But that's we're getting two it's ideas. An interesting right? idea of having. Of having two separate ones, it's yeah. definitely uh, that's an the interesting thing. If you way. Think to about it. it. Like each side is going to have their own announcements, and they're all and they're going to be pushing their own agenda. Just make it very propaganda filled. Oh yeah, full <laughs> of propaganda. I think it'd be great. 
So there's a lot of ways that you can you, you can approach it, and, and and yet it makes people more invested to what's going on as opposed to just playing to. You can play to win, but you uh, you you can also play. It's almost more fun when um, your victory is also contributing to to the greater war. You know, it's it's yeah. It, most of us actually do care about the storyline if you're playing uh, uh, 30k, um, and and it, it it does contribute to to things. People. Um, uh, when, when you have a strong storyline, um, just getting those victory points uh, tends to matter less than 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 to actually contributing to victory. Yeah, and that's I think that's be a really great great way of us being able to push that narrative part is incorporating everybody into the whole concept of it all. And I think with UJP talking about like building your narrative beforehand and then using the games to elaborate them as they're happening. I think that's a really good way. I'm just trying to think of a way to like, I guess, push it out there. Push it into the minds. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think that people uh, tend to uh, worry about narrative uh, and, and think that it's complicated, think that it's hard and it really isn't. Um, it, it can be as simple as just naming your world or naming the planet or even naming your characters. Um, uh, pe uh, again, don't don't think that you have to develop everything in advance um, coherently and 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 uh, um, you don't need to overcomplicate it because narrative will build naturally if you approach it if you approach the game narratively. It'll happen. Um, and then just just uh, even linking games. Easiest way to set up a narrative is linking games. Uh, if you're playing with the same people, most of us usually play with, uh, with with the same kind of groups, right? Um, yeah. If, if if you're playing a game with someone and and okay, something cool happens in the game, it's like okay, what's the next game? It's like well, I just uh, okay, one side has 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 broken through uh, uh, an enemy's defenses. What what's the next game? Well, uh, after you've broken through defenses, I mean you you've pretty much reached the cities. Okay, let's do a city fight then. That's the next natural progression, and you start linking these games and then. That narrative will start to build naturally, um, and, and just naming like, okay, uh, you, you know, what's the city called? Uh, I don't know. Uh, what did I come up? Sebastok. You know, that's 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 the, what the city's called. It's like, okay, cool. We're gonna do this battle, battle of Sebastok. And, and and again, um, and you can break it down even further. It's like, well, okay, this is the uh, battle for the working, uh, the workers' housing sector, and this is the battle for the manufacturing. And 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 things will link themselves naturally. And at the end of it, you've 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 made a narrative. Without even thinking about it, and and I think that's the goal. That's the, that's the key. Um, it's not you don't have to be too top heavy with it. Have a general idea of what it's going to be, you know, name the sector and and what everybody's doing there, and, and then see where it takes you. Um, yeah, I, I I think that I, I I think that's the key. Yeah, don't as you're saying before, don't write a twenty page narrative <laughs> because as I know as from running now. Four events. I think it's about four. Four or five. Anyway, no one reads the player pack. So the chances that a lot of people are going to read, you know, I think keeping it to about a page is, I think, would be a good, healthy amount. Uh, and most people, I would hope, would read it. But if, if you start getting more into the weeds and it starts going to multi-pages, the chances that people are actually going to uh, go through and read that are, are slimmer. Um, so one of the, the other things that, 
that we have done and that people can do is also with outcomes of games and this goes more back in, or back into the linking of games you can also incorporate some mechanics that you know really light mechanics but they could one thing that we've done before is is table control so at events you know at the end of the the round okay who who won this who won the game? Was it the traders or the loyalists? So let's say the loyalists wins because I'm a loyalist at heart and I always want them to win. Um, <laughs> He's biased, everybody. <laughs> I am biased. I am absolutely biased. Um, so we uh, we had these laminated cards, and on one side of the card, this we stole this definitely from Tim from I of Horus. Shout out. Um, basically, one side of the the card was loyalist control, the other side was trader controlled. So you throw down that card and then that would basically make the uh, the loyal the winner of that table got to choose if they were going to go first or not um automatic like deployment stuff like that so um you know there can be you can do there's ones that i've heard of people getting extra units or getting little buffs and things like that but that there's also little things like that that you can do to help you know shore up the narrative add new elements uh from a, a game mechanic perspective um based on what's going on in your narrative and there's lot there's lots of that in um lots of examples out there through other player packs i think that's that's a great place also to look for ideas is just seeing what other events are going on and what other people have, have been doing and um you know just steal, steal, steal away. <laughs> well, Maybe the, not the, the ours, best but... <laughs> mechanic uh, um, that, that the best mechanic that you didn't talk about is is character progression. People love character progression. Uh, it, it's because um, at the end of the day, what we don't name every legionary, but most people name their their praetor. Um, it, 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 it's something so natural. Um, and, and just introducing a, a, a simple system of, of character progression um, actually makes the campaign uh, again. It, it, it makes the it makes the campaign more uh, more vivid. It makes people more involved in it, or, or uh, more interested in it. Um, uh, Conquest. You mentioned Conquest. Conquest has a fantastic character progression system, and it's really really simple. You know, you you, you win a game, you get a roll. Um, you might get a character. You can choose on uh, a characteristic increase, or you can choose on on on. Um, these 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 other sets of tables like you know strategic or melee or something like that, and and you get yeah. special rules and everything like that, and your characters get better over time. But not, it's not like one of those, um, you know, like uh, in Mordheim, for example, like when when you have the the, the one Skaven that that you know just gets so powerful that he just pawns everybody. Uh, you don't really get it. Then uh, there 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 you know there's 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 a maximum characteristic. I mean, you can't have more than toughness five, for example. Um, but uh, it, it, it's a simple system that actually, even in a one-day campaign, you say you play four games. Well, having the opportunity to actually have a characteristic increase is is, is a lot of fun. Um, and again, there's a lot of stuff you can steal from uh, the conquest system. Yeah, and, yeah, we've um, we've come up with a, we've used the conquest system before. We've also come up with our own system before, uh, which we're using. In our next event, we're going to have a character progression, um, a really light unit progression, if people want, and one that I've actually I'm super stoked about that our 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 third chair John has come up with, 
Um, and I've never heard of this ever taking place at an event before, but we are going to have a Dreadnought progression table, which I think is super cool. <laughs> super fluffy. You know, if anyone's going to get skilled up, it's going to be Dreadnoughts getting little tweaks here and there uh, as tech marines, you know, do their magic uh, on the Dreadnought. So, yeah, it's, you know... It, Absolutely. Adding, as, as Tim would say from the Eye of Horrors, adding extra bullshit into, yeah. into games. It, you know, definitely, if you're just rolling, you know, you're just rolling up to a table and playing, you know, standard missions all the time, uh, it's not going to, you know, that's going to get a little boring pretty quickly. But if you can, say, take one of those extra missions, one of those basic missions, and then throwing a little bit of extra stuff, especially when you're incorporating that from a narrative that you're you're driving at. Okay, well, what happened in the last game? Okay, what you know, what can we do? What are some extra rules that we can throw in here to that that um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, <laughs> that not benefits, but goes along compliments. There we go. Compliments what's going on in the narrative um, can really just spice things up and um, and just make make things more appealing. I think, uh, or at least not getting trying to avoid getting just bored of the same old missions over and over again by by adding a story to it oh you know it'd be great too um because uh, uh, uh with with the conquest system you have to roll if your character dies in a game you have to roll to see what happens to him and there's a possibility that that that, that, that you know he's permanently dead i don't like that rule because you know um i'm really invested in my characters and 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 when when i in the campaign that we're playing, it's like if you if you actually die, then you have to miss a game. But we're not actually going to permanently kill you, um, unless it serves a story for some reason. But you can have a, a great rule would be as if a character dies, you can you can put him in a dread. Oh, there you go. That is a really cool idea. <laughs> and so, if you, I guess, and then we put him in a dread. You just roll like two or three stat bonuses because he would be if he's like a praetor or whatever. He's not going to jump into a dread and just be like, I'm a normal dreadnought. <laughs> When, yeah, exactly. That's an option, and but but the thing is, maybe uh, uh, I don't know. You'd have uh, it'd be interesting to have like an option. It's like maybe that's not the best idea. You know, if you stick him in a dread, you, you, he's worth extra victory points. So it might be worth just leaving him dead. But you have to like make that choice because again, like giving players choices is 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 another way to get people invested in the storyline. Like, you, is is the best idea to stick him in that dread? Um, I don't know. I, I I think that'd be that'd be a really really fun mechanic for an event or or just you know basically a campaign. But again, in, in a very uh, uh, if you're playing an informal campaign with your friends and this this kind of thing that you can just do naturally. Uh, my guy died. Uh, I think I'm gonna stick him in a dread. And I was like, okay. It's like yeah. Can I keep straight stat light? It's like yeah, that's fine. We'll just throw an extra hundred points. No problem. You know that that kind of informal uh, stuff you can do when you're playing um, uh, with your friends that you can can really do an event. Um, all I know is that somewhere John is listening to this and his nipples just got really hard at that idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we might see that one coming coming soon. Uh, no, I think, you know, you've been, you've been talking about, I think it, one amazing tool, um, if people want ideas or, or to kind of, Get an idea of what we're talking about, JP. You mentioned your your series that you guys have been doing for the Battle of Helfirian. So I have that right. I yep. think, yeah, um, has been that is correct. Amazing. I, I've I've loved 
what you guys have been doing. And, and like you said, you know, you weren't too sure if it was going to work or not. When you guys first talked about doing it, I was like, I don't know how that's going to work. And but for me, like not only do you guys, you've been constantly, I think there's what been four games that have happened so far. Um, you've incorporated Battlefleet Gothic into it. Um, you know, there's this ongoing camp campaign and story with all of you, your militia and you've named all of your sergeants and doing all the, the character progression. You know, I think if, if people are wanting to get an idea of, of what we're talking about, I think going out and listening to some of your, those episodes where you guys are, are doing those games is a, is an awesome example of what to check out. Um, you know, I, the other thing that I'll say about, about those games is I have never, like, listening to those episodes that you guys do, I just know that you guys are having so much fun when you guys are playing. Like, you're laughing through it. It's like every single game, I think people should listen to one of those episodes, and that should be a goal. You should all be having this much fun um, as Mark and JP when you're playing your games because, damn it, it's it's so entertaining and just hearing whether you're laughing your head off about something that goes on and exactly like what we were saying before, it's always like a certain moment that happens, you know, or it's just, you know, maybe like in the last one where your dice were just failing you completely and... You know, it's uh, it's yeah, yeah. it's definitely <laughs> sorry to bring sorry salt in the wound, but uh, you know, just hearing hearing how much fun you guys are having and really driving the story and and you know each at the beginning of each of the episodes, you kind of do um, an audio brief of in your the dramatic way, which only you can do, uh, do the little update of what's been going on in the campaign, and then one at the end, and sometimes one in the middle. It's uh, I think it's truly inspiring of um, of kind of what people can do with um, you know with narrative gaming. Um, I think it's it's a benchmark for people to to try to hit. Maybe not record it all, but you know definitely be doing doing a story like that and to be having that much fun because damn it you guys sound like you're having fun uh, I'm, I'm I'm thoroughly humbled uh, by that um, but yeah it's uh, the, the, it, it's fun because it's a narrative game and because we're invested in in, in what's going on um, like the, 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 the one time that I blew up a night and it fucking it exploded into another night and blew that one up. It, it wasn't just fun because it's, it's something cool that happened. It, it's because I really needed to kill those knights because the storyline like de- depended on it. Um, and 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 it, it is cool things just sort of uh, uh, crop up and things that you might remember. Some things that might be fun. Um, uh, uh, you can remember games that you played like ten years ago. Something cool happened. But it means totally. more when everybody's named and everybody and you're invested into what's going on. Um, it, it, that's what makes it fun. And if we sound like we're having guns because we're having a fucking blast um <laughs> but <laughs> the reason it's so fun is because of the narrative and the fact that we're building that narrative um and and that's why everybody should really consider um having at least a bare bones narrative especially when you play with your friends you know like build build that story up you don't always have to play a cam a campaign game but 
consider linking them together and, 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 and get invested into it. And don't think that it has to be complicated because it doesn't. All you need to do is have just a basic idea of what you're doing and then the, the, the storyline will develop naturally. Um, I, I know I repeat myself, but I, th- I, I think that it, it deserves to be emphasized. It's not, it's not difficult. And you don't have to go to the degree that I tend to go. I'm, I'm just kind of neurotic <laughs> in that sense. Well, we, I appreciate it as a listener <laughs> that you go into that, that much detail. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely like, you know, as I said before, the little write-up that I did when I first did my first campaign, it was maybe like a paragraph. This is where we are. This is this is where we're fighting for. This is the idea behind it. Let's just go from there. And it, it can be as simple as that, or it can be, you know, here's my, you know, here's the two-page write-up. This is all the extra rules we're doing. Everything like that. It can, you know, there's many different levels. I think of where you can go, and um, I think there's enough resources out there for people to dive into and and get ideas. You know, even recreating stories, um, you know, from a, a black book or a, a, a novel that you like or one of the stories from the black books or even doing one of the, you know, not just the, the book four campaign, but, you know, hey, you got a, a you play Sons of Horse and you've got a buddy that uh, that plays Death Guard. Hey, well, let's do Istvan three, you know, and, and doing the campaign system from book one. There's, there's many, many ways that you can approach narrative gaming everyone should do it that's my everybody point. should do it do it now do it now do it get now. on it get on it <laughs> i was just so I, start wikipedia yeah. uh, wikipedia old old, old 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 battles get some ideas link your campaigns link your games you'll have fun yeah more fun what were you going to say there before? I, I just keep having this image in my head because like, I really, really want to try that idea of having like the generals announcing the, the, the changes that happened every round. And I just like I have this image of like your laptop and it's like, hooked up to a printer. So after every round, like one of us does a quick write up for each side and it's like printed off and like give it to the general as if you just just got a message in from HQ to give until to tell all those generals. It's got to be one of those old line printers. Yeah, though, like an Epson like, printer. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the little the dots on the side. Yeah, yeah. And you rip it off. And yeah. Go. It's got to be like an extra long too, so you run down the hall. Yeah. Head it off to the general. Yeah. Absolutely. I, just, I think. Oh, you know, another good one would be if if you can do an old newsreel voice. Oh yeah, I can uh, totally do that. You could do that, Teo, for oh, sure. Yeah. It'd be just like the beginning of Radio Free Esteban for. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah yeah i think that'd be a really cool idea to add to and if you guys are doing like a, a you're wanting to do like a campaign tournament or like a, a narrative tournament adding those like little bits of flair to like really encapsulate and like enrapture people into what's going on absolutely i think that'd be fantastic and the planetary emperor empire styles that we mentioned as well um you know another a visual way of kind of representing hey what's what's been going on in the last little while um one of our first events that we did teo you put together that awesome um board uh, yeah. map that was just done on a, a like a tack board which you you 
put on some bits of sprue. I couldn't, I, at first I was like, oh, that's actually really detailed. And then you just laughed at me. It's like, yeah, that's just extra sprue bits. Like, <laughs> you know, not even the bits, just the sprue itself. And you painted it. And then, you know, we had people having um, little markers. Everyone had to bring a marker, like a, whether it's a pin or a couple guys did. Um, I think Darren had the best one. He, had, he got a, a banner. Yeah, a banner and put it on a stand and used one of the awesome uh, decals on it, you know. And basically as different things, you know, there was no logic behind it other than, oh, you won your game? Okay, we're going to move you up a little bit on the map. Oh, you lost? We're going to pull it back. And I think it, just having something really simple like that, especially at an event, can really just, you know, have that extra little umph and, and can add something to it. So every... Uh, every time we were doing announcements, we'd, we'd, Teo and I would go over to the board, we'd move things around, and then we'd do the announcement kind of at the board. And uh, I think the only thing that we said that we really could improve on that was to maybe have like a red piece of string and a blue piece of string that would kind of link all of the markers together. So it would be almost like a World War I um, map where you could see the line, you know, front moving. Um, and uh, you know, with, just add it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go keep going. Because uh, I was thinking about adding to that because we got all those planetary empire tiles, right? Oh, uh, yes. Yes. So, Because I have all those epics. So I'm going to paint up all of those guys to be the legion, like two or three guys of all the legions for everyone who's playing. And then the we, beans here, man. Yeah. <laughs> but this is, so this is what the idea I had, which would be really cool. Is I want, I'm going to talk to see. I'm going to try to talk to Filler up about it. But making a big board where the planetary emperors would fit in, but have it greenlit on the bottom, so it looks as if we're like open to program and they're holograms. Oh man! All right, Filler up. You just got homework. Yeah, we just got homework. <laughs> doesn't that just sound amazing that you like walk over and it just like looks yeah. like there's like a hologram? Because that's like if you look at all the pictures um, they have in like all the 40k books and the heresy books. Their battlefield is like a lit up green hologrammed area. Yeah, almost like uh, you know Star Wars kind of holo table from like Clone Wars or yeah. you know something like that. And I couldn't imagine absolutely that being too hard to make. Like Philip's an electrician, so. Well, I was about to say not when you've got an electrician in your back pocket. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna message Philip up today and see if we can do that because I think it'd be really cool. Awesome. Yeah, it'd be that good that genius. he that knows before before it goes live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think adding any any extra flair like that that you can you can bring, you know, even if it's in your basement. I've actually never done an actual Planetary Empires game before or used the tiles in the way that the the old rules tell you to use it. But I am I'm very excited to uh, get ours painted up and and. That's something I want to try is bringing, bringing an actual hex system into it, and uh, yeah, just adding, adding more and more. You know, I, I think once you get into, once you've been in the hobby for a while and you've been playing the same old missions, you need to spice spice things up. So, throwing in campaign stuff, throwing in a map based system, you know, all just adds. Adds that extra little spice to it. A little spice. A little. The spice of life. <laughs> can I can I just mention one one quick piece of advice for uh, campaigns though? Um, Absolutely. Don't don't overcomplicate them and make sure that 
there's a mechanism where uh, where if people if people drop out, the whole campaign doesn't fall apart. Campaigns yes. that, that tends to happen with every campaign. Um, people uh, there's a couple of people that don't play their games, and then everything just sort of peters out or falls apart. Um, Planetary Empires is problematic for that. If people don't play their games, then the campaign doesn't move. Make sure there's a mechanism okay. whereas if if people if people can't play their games or not available or something like that, that the campaign can still keep moving forward. Uh, the conquest campaign system is pretty good for that. Um, it, it's better than Planetary Empires in that sense uh, because uh, since essentially it's based on um, everybody taking a turn to challenge someone else, it, it's usually pretty simple to figure out like if you can play their game. Uh, like people will pair off and play their games, um, and it won't fall apart if people don't don't play them. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it just means that you have less points um, to go around uh, to, to to like uh, to try to claim a world or whatever. Uh, uh, just be careful for that uh, because campaigns do peter out uh, because just because of real life, uh, some some people uh, sometimes it's it, it's it's hard to get games together. Narrative cam- campaigning is of course the best for that because um, there's no mechanism. So you don't play your game. You don't play your game. You're not available until next month. Yeah. All right, we'll play next month. Um, the more complicated you make it, the less likely it's going to work well. And it's it, it's sad to say, but keep it simple. Keep keep your yeah. uh, your game as simple as possible, um, and 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 try to link things together. And once again, things will the narrative will build naturally. It's almost like making yeah, a think- great meal as the the rule of kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Three, three ingredients or less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think definitely for your first one too. If you're if you've never done a campaign system, you definitely don't want to you know dive right into okay, well let's do a, a you know a 20 game system and we're going to throw all the bells and whistles in like probably is not the best way to start. Just keeping you know, hey, let's maybe try to do five games and we'll, you know, maybe not even start with any special things, just kind of building the narrative and then kind of in future ones, build, build off of that, build off of that experience or throw in one thing and you're like, okay, you know, that, that worked. I want to add more. Hey, this didn't work. Let's uh, tone it down and switch something up. I definitely think starting smaller and working your way up is the best, best way to go. So, gentlemen, that is all I had, unless you guys had anything more that you wanted to add into the mix of narrative writing or running campaigns. Um, Either one of you have anything else to add to this very... We could talk for a while about narrative, but uh, I think starting short and sweet is a good way to start. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, um, just, just, just as... Oh, sorry. That's okay. I just think I don't have anything else um, to add. Just, uh, just, uh, just to conclude, um, um, uh, it, it, base your narrative on, on what you're going to do. There's no point in, in, in fighting over um, a, a, a trench uh, line if you don't own any trenches. Um, you know, what kind of game do you want to play? Start with that. Um, start looking for historical examples. Easy thing is, you know, you want to do a, 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 a city fight, start looking, you know, just go on Wikipedia and, and start looking at, uh, at, at different city battles. Don't always do Stalingrad. There are others. Ortona is a great example is like what, what I mentioned before. Um, don't overcomplicate things and don't think it needs to be 
um, uh, 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 super tight. Don't don't think you need to put a, a ton of work into it. Um, my main conclusion is that things will develop naturally if you let them develop naturally. Just keep it simple, as as you said. One thing you should do, though, is make sure that you're listening to the Age of Darkness podcast and go and check out one of what you, you probably are. If you're listening to us, you, you're probably listening to the wonderful podcast of the Age of Darkness. But uh, you know, if any of if you're not and any of this is piquing your interest, I would say definitely go and check out one of the Battle for Hellifurian episodes and. Uh, and that should get your creative juices flowing, without a doubt. JP, it's I, I'm su- super glad that you're able to uh, come on, and um, you know, hopefully, we can uh, have you on again at some point. And yeah, just uh, grow our Canadian 30K uh, podcast coalition group together. <laughs> yeah, the coalition. I like that. The coalition. The coalition. coalition well, it's the, the it's the global podcast conspiracy. Oh. So I think yeah, the, the the Canadian coalition is more appropriate. I think for, for what we're doing. All right, we're the CNC we'll podcast it. factory. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know if I like that or really uh, don't like it. <laughs> oh no, I'm on board. I'm on board. Um, <laughs> Uh, guys, I'm 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 com- uh, completely humbled and I'm, I'm delighted that you guys uh, uh, reached out to me. To, to, uh, hopefully, next time we can host uh, and and uh, th- thank you so much and and keep doing what you're doing because it's 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 fantastic work. Yay! Well, thank you. We we all love the heresy, so we just like to uh, talk about it and record ourselves doing it. I guess. <laughs> so yeah, glad to have you on, man, and. Um, I guess Teo, and I will be back to close out the show. Oh, yeah. Our tutor, who art in Nottingham, Duncan be thy name. Our paints be thinned, our layers be smooth, on plastic as it is on resin. Give us this day our daily tip, and forgive us our poor edge highlighting. As we forgive those who bring unpainted armies, lead us not into math hammer, but fully closed armies. All praise, Null Noil. And we are back. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the hobby life. Talking with JP about all the ridiculous ideas we could have for one of our events. Um, I know it made me think about a lot of different things. Uh, John wasn't here for the interview with JP, so we wouldn't have much to input on. But he was he was a little bit poopy. He was poopy. He was poopy that we didn't we didn't have him on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, next did... time, John, there's going to be more. There's going to be more yeah. with JP. Oh, yeah. So. It did inspire me, though, uh, uh, doing it and talking about it for an episode while you're busy on your wedding mm-hmm. stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I got to I gotta download some um, uh, voice modifiers for recording. 
Oh, yeah, well, yeah, don't yeah. tell me. I, I want a secret oh, I'll, surprise I'll make a secret episode. Se- yeah, I'll tell, I'll, I won't tell you anything, so you'll just get to listen to the wonder that it is. Excellent. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. All right, so for the landing of the pig, for the closeout, we want to give a an update here on the Bot GT Royal Flush. So we now have 25 players registered, with me being the ringer at 26. So we've got... Seven more spots uh, available, and you know we are about three months out, or just less than three months. I am very excited for it. So, people that have registered, there's still about nine people that need to pay. Jeremy, get off your butt, buy your ticket. People that have registered, if you haven't bought your ticket, I know he doesn't listen. I, so that's why we can chirp him here. That's true, Mr. I've got seven armies, but I can't afford to buy a ticket. You know in advance so chirp 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 <laughs> um but yes bot gt is, uh, royal flush is sponsored by war games tournament so when you buy your ticket you're going to get not only are they pl- providing some prize support but they're also providing uh, a 20 percent off code for all ticket holders that's good up into august 20th so the sooner you get uh a ticket hopefully you can Get in on that deal. There's some amazing stuff um, that Wargames puts out. I really want to get some more of their beer can terrain because what's better than making terrain than when you have to crush like a 12-pack of beer before building it, right? Does it get any better? I don't know. I don't think it does. So we also have Cromlech. They're providing prize support. We have the Taking of Ferex and Invested Painting. I actually got some stuff from... David in the mail, and we've got one of those drop uh, drop pod, um, Dreadclaw caffeine drop pod deployment Son uh, of a bitch. mugs for a prize. So that's going to be out there. We've got secret weapon miniatures on board. We have everything games. Went up to say hi to Rob once I got back, and he's stoked to help us out in any way we can, or he anyway he can. Uh, so always grateful to have Rob and the guys from Everything Games on board. We've got Rain City Hobbies. We've got Dragonforge. We've got uh, the 30K channel, and hopefully we've got a couple more in the wings. So, um, yeah, really, it's going to be a great event. Two days over September 8th and 9th. We've got six um, people registered for Citizen Soldiers, some amazing boards as we were talking about. Kalos is amazing board that's going to be coming. We've got a ZM board coming all the way up from Seattle. Thank you, Richard. Uh, so if you you have a, uh, uh, ugh, I can't speak. I need more coffee. It's usually I'm like a few beers deep by this point, and it just flows a lot better. But <laughs> early in the morning is a lot harder. I I commend you boys for putting up with me over the last few months. I've been up since up like... Um, so if you have a board that you want to throw into the Citizen Soldier for the Bot GT, uh, just shoot us a message and we've got three more spots available. We're going to have the Bot GT flea market. We're going to have the social event going down at Canoe Club. Uh, yeah. We've got our, um, our... Yes? Sorry. When we're done, we can say that, but I, I did go to Canoe uh, the other day and I actually asked, so there was an event being run and I asked them sort of uh, about the specifics of how the, the you know like how when I should ask them and stuff about uh, setting up a reservation and it sounds like the impression that I got from the guy is that we might just have a section of canoe to ourselves. Sweet. Might actually just have the pool table side. 
Ooh. Cool. They're just going to have the upstairs. Shove us, shove the nerds in a corner, and <laughs> we yeah. should bring terrain and armies and play games on their pool tables instead. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to coordinate that, Teo, you can That'd go ahead so and do funny. that. I, I'm yeah. not moving boards. Leave that to Teo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we've got our bot GT FAQ, which reminds me, I actually have to post that officially. On oh, I did post it. You did, did post it. All right, cool. My mind is catching up with my... <laughs> And um, so, yeah, I, you know, that's it for the Bocce T update. Please, uh, if you want to join us, uh, there's you can check us out through our Facebook page. Go to our events. All of our events are listed, including now we are part of the Telethon against DMD, which is going to be coming up here in July. Really excited for that. We've got, uh, you know, go check out the Age of Darkness uh, podcast and especially like go check out one of their Battle for uh, Battle for Heliferian episodes. Uh, we were talking about that in the section. Amazing. Like you, you, everyone's game should be as fun as at least sounds like Mark and JP are having on those. Um, check out our buddy Michael the War Corgi and his um, YouTube channel. We've got my last game with him is being posted up. Uh, had lots of fun with him uh and while you're checking out battle ports you might as well go to uh the 30k channel and, and check out my zone mortalis uh <laughs> game there gotta pay I, for I, it cuz bask in the glory times? that is yeah, is yeah, uh like david three brains three times yeah what? Oh. you just can't get enough can't, can't get, get enough of my handsomeness you know can't over get enough of your love baby I don't know, I don't know why. It's, it's... What was that? That was John. That's Thank you. John sounded like he punched a hippo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we also have Teo's GoFundMe, so uh, help help Teo get help to me help Paris you. Again. Help yes. me help you. Um, yeah. Any Anything you want to say on, on that, Teo? Well, uh... I'll suck your dick. I will suck your dick. No. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I posted it before, like um, anyone who donates, uh, I'm going to be doing something for within my army. Like you'll be named after a character and things like that. Um, so the more that I get, get, the bigger my army gets, and the more you get to see yourself in the future stuff and me talking about you guys. Uh, a huge thank you. I'm going through a pretty turbulent time in my life uh, where I – We'll still want to do these things. I still want to be active in the community, but um, it's it's harder to do that by yourself than when you have a partner. So, uh, but I don't want to give up on AJ or the guys from RFI or even my own fun time. So, I'm doing GoFundMe as kind of a plea to the community, uh, help a brother out. I guess um, you can't quit us. We can't quit. I can't. I can't quit you. <laughs> um, and the other thing is that the more the more I can do these things, the better content we're going to get, um, and the more we're going to be known, and the more we can provide everybody in our area better like events and things like that. The bigger we get, the better you guys get. So all right. So we also, as uh, we talked to uh, talked to Jody in the last episode, uh, if you haven't got your raffle tickets. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. For the uh, fight against DMD, please go out. It's you know thirty five dollars US. 
gets you a chance to win the warlord or a reaver you know it, it's pretty amazing if you if you don't win you know your your money's going to an amazing cause uh we are going to be part of the telethon this year so more information on that once we know kind of our times we will post that out there i can't wait to be a part of that um you i know, think really... the plan currently though is i'm going to come over to your house and we're going to have some fun times yeah we're gonna right? we're gonna we're gonna drink i think right. yeah i just think it'd be fun <laughs> yeah um and other than that um you know find us on facebook find us on instagram bocce t uh 30k on instagram boys of the golden throne on facebook um you know we, we've got uh the Royal Flush, go get your tickets. And, you know, I'm sorry, we did record with JP a couple weeks ago. So JP didn't say it, but he wanted me to say it here in the closeout. Go, Jet, go Jets, go. But, you know, sorry, there's, you know, salt in the wound. Yeah, the, the Jets didn't go. So, <laughs> sorry, JP. I know you're you're probably just Justin sucking down. Yes, they stayed. Yeah, they stayed. They got grounded on the tarmac, and J- JP's probably, you know, sucking on a, a black label right now, consoling himself. So next year, next year. Um, so that's it for me. Um, so I think if you guys are all done, I think we can we can say how give out our hugs and kisses and, hugs and land kisses. this big hugs and mm. kisses. We'll see you guys in our next episode. Maybe not me, but definitely the brown warrior himself, Teo. And maybe John, if he can skip leg there. day. Yeah. He can skip leg day. We'll see. Skip leg day. Yeah. You can't have two, two, two members not in. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Peace, love, and chicken grease. <laughs>